0: Part of blindsidepods.com.
1: Some 18 years ago, I left Dayton, Ohio, with two very bad knees, and a dream to become a Major League Baseball player. I thank God that the dream came true.
0: It's hard to say goodbye.
1: The president of ESPN has resigned. I know I look like it and sound like a fool right now uh, but just so that you understand this person has created everything that exists here at ESPN for us and he he did it because of how he cares about minorities and their causes
0: sometimes our emotions get to the best of us and this is now the portion of the show
2: the podcast that so will get mocked relentlessly my guess for history on 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 my show is when, is when I read this because a chance of me getting through this is about zero percent. It was and remains to this moment, as much as I love Harry, the moment when the nurse handed Kate to us uh, remains the greatest moment of my life. It will
0: always be the greatest moment of my life. Uh, and my mom was right there for it. Steve Robinson is saying goodbye.
2: This week, I uh, let uh, Howie know that uh, I am resigning from the Howie Car Radio Network to pursue other opportunities. And I will always be grateful to, uh, to Howie and especially Kathy because they kind of, you know, they they plucked me out of obscurity up in Maine. And uh, you know, they gave me an opportunity to come down here, move down to Boston and uh, build a, li- a life with my wife, Meg. And I'll, <clears throat> I'll always be grateful to them.
0: Good luck, Steve, and all your future endeavors. From your friends at the Menafan Show, I had that on my podcast, and when I heard that,
3: I ran downstairs immediately. That was a uh, that was almost as fine a moment as you tweeting about the Bruins score in the uh, in the third period <laughs> and getting colonied.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, first of all, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first time that I've actually listened back to that. I don't think it sounded as bad as I thought it sounded in the moment, but you know what? I'm definitely a pussy. I think I need to go find that clinic that uh, Mike Mananski's always hawking boner pills for. See if oh. they can get my see if they can get my T levels checked out. Hey, I think I might me, be suffering Mike from Manansky. low T, getting th- getting a little weepy.
3: I think, and thankfully, they're not a sponsor for Barstool. I think Barstool does like the 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 hymns for hymns. I think so. I think we're in the clear with that. The Northeast Men's Clinic is not part of the uh, rotating sponsors for Barstool.
2: Oh look, I'm 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 going to have kirk minahan hawking boner pills as well if any boner pill companies want to start advertising (laughs) on the kirk minahan show just know our rates are going to be much much higher than what wei
3: offers yeah they're going they're they're down and going lower they are bleeding listeners they have zero engagement by the way if you look at so uh as the news broke today, I wish that we could have broke it on the uh, Minifan show, but Steve Robinson is now the new producer. He is the third producer that we, third the third Kirk Minahan producer that we've had on this program. Oh. So Steve, quite the honor for you to be here. We are very, very happy to talk to you. Uh, we're hoping it's going to last longer than 48 hours. And we're also we're also kind of hoping that Dave Cullinan is going to hijack the studio and take Kirk hostage until he becomes the producer again. But we're happy to have you here, Steve.
2: Well, I, you know, I've got no illusions about how this is going to work out. You know, a, a year from now, <laughs> I, uh, I could be producing the most popular, most listened to podcast talk show in the history of mankind. Or I could be, you know, working at a Denny's.
3: Well, I mean, hey, as long as you don't cross Kirk and as long as you don't tweet anymore of, you know, that the ref has got to move to, you know, Missouri because he blew that call or anything like that, anything that Dale Arnold would tweet, I think that you'll be fine. I, I think I got you with
0: the guy down in Hartford who used to have Howie Slot. I think I got you there producing that show. You, th-
2: you think so 80. great all right well that that's that's better than working at like dunkin donuts or denny's but you know what it, it was the most talked about tweet that's come out of the minifan uh the uh, kirk minifan show account you know it generated some controversy it generated eyeballs yeah of course it was stupid it was the, it was <laughs> it was an <laughs> idiotic tweet
3: well the reason i bring that up is because you know i, I, I myself i am a uh, a co-tweeter of the uh, kirk minahan or the kirk min show account uh, along with blind mike and right now the engagement we've only got what we're, we're coming up on nine thousand followers and by the way if you you're listening to this and you're not following at Kirkman show. You are a moron. Yeah, you're what the idiot. fuck is what wrong the, with yeah, you? What is, uh, listen up dummies. I know that everybody is uh, it says that the dummy thing is played out. Fuck you. I don't care. It's one of the best Kirk sayings ever. I think it's funny. We're going to continue to use it. So if you don't like it, don't listen. It doesn't matter.
0: There, there's more engagement than we've had on social media than that entire time that that interwar period at Entercom.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. So, you know, if you look at the, you know, Kirk's former show, the Mutton Callahan Twitter account, no engagement. Nobody's liking things. Nobody's retweeting things. There's nothing going on there. They're dead listening and irrelevant. And that's the problem is that they, they have been bitching and moaning about discrediting Twitter. And then we listened and we just stopped interacting with them. And now they're enjoying irrelevancy. It's That's just the And people are going to give a shit because they're going to say that, well, we, we said that we were not going to talk about EEI anymore. And now we're starting this podcast off talking about EEI. But Don't you see the point? We didn't talk about EEI, and now they're
0: relevant.
2: Yeah, so I I guess that that, that's kind of a debate that I've been having is like how much how much of the uh, the shit talking about EEI is going to happen because you know obviously we're going to make fun of bad bad radio. Um, EEI happens to be a source of a lot of bad radio these days, (laughs) so I mean it's inevitable. But uh, there's also an element of you know they're all going to be listening to the show, and it would almost be like uh, a little bit funnier if we enforced a ban on the show, like a censor ban, anytime. Kirk tries to mention EEI or intercom oh, that would or be right. Call or something. I'm thinking, I mean, you know, I gotta, I gotta run it over with Kirk, but I'm thinking about having like a show policy where we do not talk about EEI or intercom. It's, it's forbidden on the show, except, except for when we do talk about it.
3: Exactly. I think that you have to have uh make blind Mike do push-ups every time Kirk says it. So throughout the entire <laughs> oh, show, you keep a running tally of how many times Kirk mentions EEI. So if Kirk says it, you know, let's say 25 times an entire show, Blind Mike has got to do 25 push-ups he, at the end of the show, that. and you've got to live stream. I think, no, I, I think he can. I think he's, he's felt now. He's lost. Be, yeah, he'll be 60. jacked by
2: then. yeah, he just, he just put out his weight loss goal pick. He's, he's down, he's down like what? 60, almost 60 pounds. He's down. Yeah, huge. And he didn't did even, he didn't even have to have like a uh, cosmetic surgery procedure nope. like how. No, he
3: did. it's, well, did, how he really do that? Well, Chris Curtis, we know, didn't get the stomach. I, 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 am. Convinced he did get stomach staples, we know for a fact though that John Dennis did. That's breaking news on the uh, Minifan Show here. John Dennis, how do you you have uh, the inside scoop on that? There's been a lot of rumors. uh, I was I was let's just say I was told by people in the know that uh, that there's (laughs) there's more staples in his stomach than uh, than Chris Curtis uh, giving the morning rundown to. uh, Hey my friends, good morning. Yeah, so um,
2: well the other thing is after you after you have that surgery and you have dramatic weight loss, like what do you do with all the excess skin? Oh dude,
3: the flying squirrel? I don't even know. Yeah, you can go paraglide basically yeah, it's yeah. just pretty bad. I don't think Mike is quite at that point though I mean he's not he's not quite the excess I think you've got to at least lose 100 pounds to get to the excess flesh level I mean, yeah well I don't I think, think they, it'll they, be a concern because he'll gain 90 pounds by Christmas <laughs> yeah, why the stress they, eating is that what he's gonna do <laughs> Mike is gonna be stress eating for the show
2: <laughs> I think the easiest thing is just to not get fat in the first place
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I've
0: never had good luck with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm up and down, up and down.
2: So, so, speaking of Ei, just the last thing I want to say, they still haven't fixed their Wikipedia page since I edited it. Oh, are,
3: okay. I, I was going to ask about that. So you yeah. are you are copping to because you realize you're probably going to get banned from Wikipedia by doing. Yeah. By, oh by, yeah.
2: Like, no, no. This version. is this is like my thirteenth account. I only use them to I, like I'll do some legitimate edits here and there just so that I'm allowed to vandalize from time to time. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's I think it's a, a fair and truthful edit that I made. You're, for, you're to never w- going to get in trouble. Page. On
0: Wikipedia I put things on on the warlords or not not the warlord one of the one of the powers of pain guys I called in the first coming of stone called Steve Austin They East took Long Meadow down. too
3: you did the, they, East, Long Meadow the one? East
0: Long Meadow one came down no so you tell me this you put stuff on the East Long Meadow Massachusetts Wikipedia page and it comes down faster than the WEEI website talk about irrelevancy oh my god that's so, pathetic. You you can do whatever you want to the Wikipedia page. You can plug yourself into the corporate switchboard and get a vice president. <laughs> That's right. I did. Yes. You can just walk in the door and do a broadcast from one of their studios when you don't even work there. Yeah, the operational security at the
2: Intercom building, not really up to par. But yeah, so it still says on the WEI page on May 22nd, 2019, Intercom officially released Kirk Minahan from his contract, a move widely regarded as the most idiotic decision in the history of the talk <laughs> format. <laughs> Excellent. It's still up there. I mean, I, I don't even know. They're, they're probably just like, well, I don't know what we do about that. Wikipedia is, Wikipedia is its own company. How could we possibly tell them what oh, to print?
3: That's smart. Yeah, right? It's like you, they can even make it. They could release a statement saying oftentimes we disagree with the content on Wikipedia. Sometimes we feel <laughs> the same way. Can I ask you this? Let's back up for a second. Yeah. Um, how did all of this transpire? Did some? What did one day, Kirk? I mean, I don't know how much you can talk about because of the, you know. But let's just how did how did this idea even pop into your head about you becoming Kirk's producer? As I think I broached the idea with you, and I think you were like, uh, "Kirk could never afford me," is what you said to me. Well, I mean, the,
2: the circumstances on his end, ch- end changed. It turns out he could afford me.
3: Or the circumstances on your end changed.
2: <laughs> no, nothing, nothing changed on my end. There was, uh, I mean, I think, I think Howie and Kathy were a little surprised when I let them know that I was, that I was leaving. Uh, but I've been talking with Kirk off and on, like basically, basically since he was taken off the air and looking for a producer. And I, I mean, I recommended a bunch of people to him. Like, I'll tell you, I, I vouched for Cullinane both before and after the uh, Dershowitz thing. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that the Dershowitz thing had happened and Kirk emails me and he's like what's what's what do you what's your take on Colin and I was like oh I like him I trust him and then it was like he <laughs> that was after he knew about the dirt oh my god and So I'm like here I am vouching for this guy who just you know I mean it was a it was a it was a bad move on his part I think he's recognized that you it know wasn't the this thing
0: Colin wanted to say something to thank you for your support of him
2: you steal my job you steal oh, my jokes what the fuck else are you gonna steal BJBSJ his jokes? When if I ever stole his
3: jokes? So the 48 hours thing, I think you were tweeting that out, and that's that's his joke. At least he, he claims ownership of it, but we've all co-opted that to Unfortunately, now. Oh, okay. it's got to be funny to be a joke.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't joking. Like, there's a very real possibility that, that Kirk Minahan fires me in in 48 hours, or I'm, well, I guess at this point we've been working together for longer than 48 hours. Um, you know, I'm obviously I'm still not on payroll yet. But uh, I was gonna say after uh, the, after I the mean,
3: after the start to this podcast, it might he might be. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, but so so he reached out. You guys were talking behind the scenes, and then you so you vouched for Colleen. Can you give me what what did you think about the Colleen thing? Like now that you know what really happened, and seeing as you just videotaped. I think it was you videotaping Kirk impersonating a Boston Globe reporter. What's your take <laughs> on this whole Kaczynski thing? And, Are and you his, th- uh, that was you. W-
2: well, yeah, no, I, I helped him do the Curtitone thing. But, you know, it's... I could have I mean, sworn it was blind Mike with your camera work, I got to say. <laughs> well, it, it just happened. It, all of a sudden, he got the call. They kicked, they kicked the can down the road. It was like 10, 15 minutes delayed. And then all of a sudden, we got the call. And we're like scrambling around after inspecting a studio space. And we just like did it on the fly. So, yeah, camera work uh, will be better in the future. Trust me. <laughs> okay. But uh, uh, so I'd actually... Uh, I think that with Dershowitz, I mean he's the most litigious motherfucker on the planet. Yeah. Like he's going to sue you for anything. The dude's on Twitter are saying like, "Hey, hey, say this about me. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue everybody. I'm going to sue the fucking planet." So you got to be a little bit careful when you're doing that. And you know, you don't lure people under false pretenses into an interview who have the potential the the means to sue you. I think that the the Curtitone thing is completely different because Kirk
3: Kirk asked him to give the interview. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he did he did something. You know, it's guerrilla journalism. Yeah, and he said know? he did say that. You know, he said. uh hey, I'm going to fucking record this because uh, you know how it is. I'm gonna, I yeah. just want to make sure I don't miss anything. And then he's like, "Exactly, oh, yeah, so absolutely. That's- so he consented to being recorded. Exactly,
2: that's the Steve Robinson touch there, because I've actually gotten in jams before uh, recording conference calls. There was a, there was a call that I recorded when I was living in Maine that if there had happened to be someone from Massachusetts there, I probably would have gone to jail. No uh, way. No. Uh, yeah. Is no, it that uh, the, serious? Yeah. No. It, the uh, The Attorney General of the state of Maine at the time was actually investigating me for uh, recording <laughs> that call. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was a pretty. It was a pretty hairy experience with the misses for a little while. I gotta
3: say that's funny because I am now I I, I have uh, set up an anonymous tip line that I've had for a long time in order for people to send me shit, and somebody yeah. sent to me. Two days ago, saying the FBI is next, so I'm not sure if they are saying that they are going to the FBI to. What do you invest- mean the FBI is next? They're gonna they're gonna contact the FBI to investigate Kirk Minahan, like or, dude, no just- or me. He sent it to
1: my you? to Milo oh, okay. yeah, well, yeah, there's I, a lot of
2: t- there's a lot of tough guys out there. Yeah, some,
1: well, I think you it could be another. Fucking jackass, no good motherfucker.
3: Oh yeah, I've, I've got I got this one. This is a great one. I got this one. Uh, you ready? This is a hundred days ago. Somebody said, "If you would like to remain anonymous, please discontinue the hateful rhetoric on your podcast and your content." That was a hundred days what? ago. Yeah, are you that, serious? I swear to God, that was a hundred days ago. Somebody made, and these are just assholes. I think these are just. It's either Steve from Providence. Fucking with me, which I think there's probably a 99.99% chance that it's Steve from Providence because that was 100 days ago. And listen, motherfucker, I'm still anonymous as all hell. So come at me. Even though today I went, today I went on Periscope, no glasses, no hat. What are you going to do? Go ahead. Go ahead. That Did was you... your real hair? Oh,
2: fuck off. No, it's a piece, man. It's a piece. I have never, never understood why people are so uh,
0: you know, concerned about anonymity you know nobody has reached out to me like that, which tells me I am so relevant to this program <laughs> and this process. Nobody even knows I'm even here.
3: That's not true.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not the reason why people are trying to uh, to out MHB.
3: Uh, well, why is that? Is yeah, because yeah, MHB is really, really good. Yeah, DC is really good, too. <laughs> no, Kirk Every said so we, you could be involved today. Kirk said you could did. be involved he was, today. That was very nice yes. Kirk. Yes.
2: No, you guys, you guys are both great. I just want to know, like, why? Why do you want to be involved in, like, running the the Kirk Minahan show or Kirk Minahan show Twitter account?
3: Oh, well, why do you want to we be? Never, the same reason you want to be involved.
0: We never did. this. Really, this was like a passion project of nobody's. So it was really about I wanted to hear somebody talk about Kirk when Kirk was on hiatus. And then nobody was doing it. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got equipment. I might as well just do this and maybe I'll get a couple of guys who want to kind of talk about Kirk on a weekly basis. And that that did not last
3: long because that was, oof. That first (laughs) first episode was rough, my friend. We had
0: Steve, you, me, Steve, and Mike.
3: Yeah,
0: and then it was just you and me, and then we brought in Kevin from Bristol. Oh, and, and that Kevin was a, from that Bristol was, a, that was like was a different thing. That was he was like thing. an Adderall.
3: He did those great videos of the uh, the Game of Thrones uh, yeah. Kirk rants back in uh, what a couple months ago. But if we started this in January, I think we did. January sixteenth was the date of the first show, and yep. there was there was dude, there was fucking nothing in the world of Kirk at that time. That was announced in November, and he was kind of doing some media,
0: so he was doing like KFC Radio, and he did Sue O'Connell, and he did Jim Brody but that he did, was he did
3: Steve Robinson filling in for Howie Carr on the yeah. Howie Carr show that was a great one by the way you guys were fantastic I, was, oh I, was... I, I
0: listened to that one I'm like Kirk must be pissed because the intercom hate that could come out between Howie and Kirk oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to no, talk about I mean, that in a little bit, but I'm, I want to get back to that story of how did this happen? How did yeah, so, you get involved here? So
2: he was, he was reaching, I knew he was looking for a producer. Uh, we actually, I mean, I recommended to him a couple of people other than Cullinane. I mean, we had a, you know, a conversation about it and, you know, the amount of money that Entercom was offering for his producer was like half of what I was making. So I was like, whoa, no,
3: whoa, not. whoa, whoa. Let's back up because that means that you're making at least 200,000 because Cullinane was rumored to be making 100,000. <laughs> so no wonder this guy's going on three week vacations to Europe and, 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 and doing you know wine tastings in you know, in Sicily, of course. So now we see that we got big time Steve Robinson on this podcast. Uh, look, I'm I'm paid what I'm worth. <laughs> I mean, that's a good answer. But uh,
2: so I, I actually I had a couple of interview phone calls with Entercom. Okay. I had a couple of phone calls with um, with Mike Day,
1: the oh, uh, no! president of. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they and they went just exactly how you could imagine. There were there were a lot of questions like, uh, so what's your philosophy about the relationship between a host and his producer? Oh my god. And, and
0: how did where did, when did your talk radio journey begin? No. And I'm like, Can you, you tell me a little bit about the dichotomy me? between the transmission oh of my the god. producer through the electronic conduit? Just, <laughs> Just imagine that radio, that radio podcast. What did he do for the
2: for the trade publication? Oh my that podcast god! The, the that Kurt thing, out about? yeah, the
3: thing where it was like in one ear. They couldn't even get like they yeah. couldn't even get the the the, the stereo correct on it. It, was, it was absolutely incredible. awful. That's I mean, when I that's, figured out this guy's a moron. <laughs> yeah. He is that's an what, idiot. <laughs> and he's using big words to disguise the fact that when i he got is his voice out of his league well, by the way mike you don't have to give me a call back i know i did leave you that nice voicemail but we're good we're good we can we don't have to circle back to this but yeah you can get his voicemail by clicking like 3 on the intercom directory it's like it, it, the, the guy this is not a uh, a genius operation by any means
2: yeah no i mean I had a couple of calls. I would have gone to Entercom. Like that shows you how how committed I am to to Kirk. Yeah, is that I would have gone to one of the worst companies on the face of the planet. How he would
0: have talked you out of that one? There's no way he'd let you go to
3: Entercom.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we do have this theory about how people who work for Entercom get cancer.
3: No, no, really. Yeah,
2: like I mean, I mean Jerry. I mean, he's, he's had some—he's had some issues. There's a bunch of people who work in Intercom, they get these health problems. We don't know—it's asbestos in the uh, the pop guards and the I, mics maybe? I have—I have no idea what it is. I, I wouldn't mean, there, put it there's past there's, them. Cor- there's correlation, but we haven't dug into the
0: causation yet. You know, oh it's funny God. that you bring that up. I've got something here I want to play for you that's along these lines.
1: Hey, what's up, boys? This is uh, Steve from Providence. I have some undisputed evidence to prove that Kirk Menahan is actually the kiss of death. After he graduated from Emerson College, he moved to California had a chance encounter with Malcolm Jamal Warner, and the next thing you know, Dr. Huxville is getting arrested for raping women in the 80s and 90s. He's behind bars for the rest of his life. Those who work at upper deck baseball cards, I haven't seen a card dealer or a kid collecting baseball cards in the last 10 years. Joins the EI, Nesson pulls out, Dino gets fired or quits, he leaves, and the ratings have plummeted to the bottom. He befriends Mutt, Mutt gets caught in in Saratoga and gets a DUI. Goes to Comcast, has some spots where he goes on the air every now and then. He leaves, their ratings have plummeted. Tangway gets cancer and it hasn't been heard of since. Leave the EI. and what happens? They're about to be Cat Country 103.7. Now, this is where it starts to get really freaky. About a month ago, he meets Mike, blind Mike, and what's the next thing that happens? Mike's jogging, runs into a dumpster, and Ryan James loses his show. But well, my question for you guys is, what do you think is going to happen at Barstool?
0: These are some very serious questions.
2: That
3: is, yeah, that's very yeah, ominous. I mean,
2: There's some very disturbing allegations made right there. I mean, the clip ran about like 30 seconds too long, but I mean.
3: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Producer Steve, always in the building here.
2: (laughs) He raised raised an interesting point, though. But so uh, just to back to the story, you know, I was talking with Kirk a little bit about Entercom, and then, you know, I'm I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? I could make the shift. I'm ready to do something new, something uh, a little edgier. And then he's like, yeah, Periscope announcement. And I was like, so uh, what's going on here? And he was like uh yeah you should watch we should talk later i'm like mm, okay and so he just blows everything up right then and there and i'm like all right so maybe maybe nothing like this is gonna happen and then obviously he t- signs with barstool very quickly after and we have a call the day that he uh it was announced you know the day that he was gonna sign with barstool wow and i was like so um do you want me to be your producer and he was like oh yeah that's why i'm fucking talking to you right now <laughs> And that's so, great. you know, the hiring ceremony was a little weird. Uh, I, w- I was like a little taken aback when he pulled out the knife to swear the blood oath. But, you know, oh, is that a part of it's, it? Yeah, it's, it's good now. I'm honor bound to to kill on his behalf. So it was a busy weekend. I've been out looking for studio spaces and also, uh, you know, plots to bury his victims. Yes.
3: Did he make you jerk off in the back of a suburban, too? Is that? A I mean, I don't want
2: to talk about that.
3: Uh, that's a little too personal for you. OK. But so, but
2: I, my question is, I mean, you guys know him pretty well. Is the, is the porn addiction kind of taken, you know, is that under control or am I going to have to carry around? <laughs> like little wet naps with me to clean off all the <laughs> well, here's
3: No, here's the thing. Well, first of all, when, when Kirk started the Periscope thing, he had to scrape off about, you know, 16 inches of man butter off of the camera on his iPhone. Uh, oh, so uh, that was one thing. I'm not sure if he's an iPhone guy or a laptop or an iPad guy. Personally, I like the iPad uh, because it gives you, you know, you get the full HD and all that stuff. Anyway, but... He has mentioned in the past about uh, the medication he was taking and how that was affecting, uh, you know, some some little uh, some abilities to get Little Kirky up there. So it happens. I, yeah, it does happen. I know Lexapro. I think he was on Lexapro, and Lexapro that's like one of the big side effects. Yep. So who knows? Maybe he maybe he's been cured. But I really hope that the porn categories are a major part of the podcast. I mean, I'm sure. I'm not sure. Oh if you yeah, guys have no, talked about I, it. absolutely
2: will be. I think I think you know we're we're going to be in a temporary space for a couple of months before we build a dedicated studio. I think we're just going to have to have like a, a separate room that's like part recording studio part jerk off studio <laughs> I'm like you know Barstool has just said send us send us a list of the equipment you need we'll buy it and ship it down to you that's so I think I'm so just going to get it him-
0: when you have Larry Johnson on for the first time, I think that's a great place to put him. <laughs> I,
2: yeah, I think we'll, we'll just have some like dedicated equipment, uh, so that we're not always like cleaning stuff. He, he just wants to let like you know six inches of crusty cum accumulate. That's fine. Like Kirk, just do your thing. It smells a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up like one of those little uh, uh, air fresheners that the you know the immigrant Uber drivers put like twelve of them to cover oh up the smell God. of pot in their car.
3: Dude, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, dude. So I went to a uh, I went to a, a religious uh, university, and they had what was called a fap wall where you had to go and if you uh if you did watch pornography you had to go write your um your you know the amount of times that you've watched pornography on the fap wall i think you guys need to have a little fap wall in the studio so that way everybody can say you know it's like it's like the seinfeld episode with How the, the hell challenge did you grow up
0: what, what do you mean? When are
3: we? When are we? Yeah, that, that's the, a fucked up college. What was that? Was it like the Church of Scientology or something? Yes, was I, that the Was that the Oneida community? Hey, you, I mean, hey, man, listen, Utah a nice place. It's not. It's, it gets a bad rap. Okay, you know, the magic underwear thing is a little overblown. It's more like magic, magic g strings. I think is what. you As long as it gets the blessing, it's all good. Just let it. Wait, fun. MHB, are you a Mormon? No, 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 no. I'm not a Mormon. I may have uh, voted for Mitt Romney back in the day, but no, I'm not. I'm not a Mormon. Yeah, I didn't realize you guys were right wingers ah uh, i mean so yeah, i am so dec is i think no you're a never trumper though and, and we're going to get bogged down in uh, this. i've
0: got some trump issues but yeah i'm, I'm, a, I'm a big republican I, I was a howie listener from like 97. i use all the howie lexicon the idea that i have somebody from the howie car show here is i'm a flutter just thinking about it if yeah. there's one guy in new england radio who is a greater titan
3: than kirk at least at this level it's howie Well, that's the thing. You're already speaking more than you spoke in the Kirk podcast and you were doing the same. You and Blind Mike were doing the same thing on that podcast, by the way, where you guys were like, "Uh, hey, Kirk, uh, I'm going to talk really low. Oh, that's bullshit. I talk quite a bit uh, on that Kirk podcast. You you turtle in a little bit over there. Yeah, well, it's it's like it's like where who's the one who didn't have the balls to ask him? I went and got it done Oh fuck got off him on the, Got fuck him off. on the podcast Oh because what Because I didn't I didn't send him the DM Now you get to take All the credit for him Coming on the show You said uh,
0: you didn't Feel comfortable doing
2: it No so, I okay, didn't go get him.
3: That's a lie That's not what you said Off the air That is not at all What you said off the air it I don't is- know why you
2: guys Would be uh, like Scared of asking him You've created an entire podcast That basically worships the guy Why wouldn't he want to Come here and talk with You know his know. people
3: I think we just were more so We didn't want it to suck Because that's the thing Like if it's like You get your one chance And if you yeah, have Yeah I can see that and it's just- it'd be, it'd be like it'd be like crushing disappointment. Oh my God. Can you imagine yeah. if we had him on, it was just total shit. And it'd be like your favorite hero, your favorite idol growing yeah, up, yeah, looking at you Bruce and telling that you're yeah, a piece it's, of it's, shit, it's and you're the, worthless. It's yeah. the same reason that Kirk talks about, like, he doesn't know if he would have Springsteen on his podcast on enough about me because it's like, it's almost like, do you want to, you know, do you want to have that sort of that veil ripped off where like, it takes some of the mystery away from it? Like, dude, is that something that you want? We always joke that we would only have Kirk on in the hundredth episode. Uh, if we ever got to that point. And then we have him on episode 24. So, you know, but- it was important that day. That yeah, was an important, it was important day. Important. He had to get. He had a message that needed to get out. We needed to help him. I need to ask you this, uh, Steve. The studio space, the one, with the alien picture. That is not Blind Mike's self portrait. No, that, that is not a
2: portrait of Blind Mike. We can't vouch for any of the art that's been hung up around here. We're actually the, the the one of the spaces, I guess the most the most promising space I think that we've been checking out is called Red Thirteen Studios out yeah. in Framingham. Yeah.
3: Dave was telling me about that
2: one. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting space. I mean, uh, uh, they've got a grant from the state, so it's like a government funded project quasi. I'm not really thrilled about that. Is that the one um, that Kirk
3: is on the casting couch with, like the little like bear skin on it and yeah, shit yeah, like that? And yeah?
2: They've got they've got all these like little weird side rooms. It, it's an interesting space. I mean, the whole curtain thing, thing, believe it or not we were actually go- supposed to do that in a home depot parking lot no. like I, le- I legit i legit drove up i drove he had to drop his kids off and i'm coming from boston so we planned to meet at like 7:30 in the morning in a home depot parking lot in waltham and we were just going to record it in his car and then you know curtitones people were like hey hey kev we're running a little late like can we can we push this back so we drove over to Framingham to check out the new studio space and just waited around for the guy to took you know to call him forever but i mean how how Fucking awesome was that! Oh, it was great. See that, that, see that? That's why. That's why I am going to love working for Kirk because, like, the creative energy of uh, you know tricking this douchebag into coming on and doing an interview, and then like my my whole thought was. Uh, you know, just like it was going to be five minutes, just, you know, like ridicule the guy and then eventually let the masks drop and be like, you know, what well, what would you say if you were talking to Barstool right now? But I mean, <laughs> Kirk, I mean, I was even like motioning to Kirk when we were doing the video that the dagger motion, like going for the kill, going <laughs> for the kill. But instead, like a fucking genius, he just does a legit interview yeah. and asks the guy hard questions that he's never going to get asked anywhere. And he looks like a sputtering moron the
3: entire time. He didn't, he didn't have like one coherent sentence no the examples, entire interview. No examples. Uh, no no, nothing concrete all obscurities everything was based on you know the sort of trope surrounding bar stool that they're sexist misogynist exactly racist. these these big words that people throw out now we've got you know yeah now that I'm like quasi involved in this whole operation I'm getting them too where I'm getting uh that Brian Riccio fuck is is saying to me that oh that, that I'm some some psychotic Reinfeld is what he's calling me or something yeah, like who, that who
2: is this who is this Brian Riccio so, Riccio he's a is lunatic Re- I
3: blo- I blocked him on Twitter like
2: two years ago yeah. and well, just, well know, he thinks how I'm he's
3: seeing... he thinks how he's racist he thinks how yeah, he well, is, he's is a violent he's calling me guy. a
2: racist I, he says like I'm a, a obsequious redneck racist yes. from northern Maine I'm like well yeah I'm a redneck I'm from northern Maine but like again with, as with Kurt
3: show me an example yeah well no you're right yeah show me show me an example of it he can't we actually had Riccio on this podcast and, and Kirk had him on Enough About Me both times he comes on Fucking turtles embarrasses himself, pisses his pants in both podcasts, and this was episode four for us. So, so Dec and I were still kind of like cutting our teeth on this whole podcasting thing. Mm-hmm. And he comes on, and he we just we just go scorched earth. In fact, we titled the podcast uh, "Whack a Troll" uh, because it was it was literally. He comes on, and we just pants the guy. He does the same thing, goes on he, Kirk's podcast, and he gets he gets embarrassed. He tried,
0: he tried to go in, and once he started going in on Howie, that's when I kind of jumped in. I'm like, give me some examples. I've been listening to him for twenty years. I don't remember hearing any of this stuff.
3: So, what made him racist? What were some of those things that he did that made him racist? No, you're right. And and to, say anything. And to go back to the Kurt or Tony thing, this is the difference between Entercom and Barstool is that if Kirk did that at Entercom, he would be suspended without pay for what? Two weeks? Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: No, they would. They would have They, fi- they could have fired it. Yeah, they would have fired. Oh, yeah, him. no, they would have fired him. They wouldn't have let him do it. Uh, Barstool didn't even blink. I said it to I said it to him. And two seconds later, they were like, oh, this is great. Uh, El Prez is probably going to use this during his radio show. This is awesome. Wow. Keep it coming. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it was like it was like the most commented thing on. I mean, what better way for uh, for Kirk to make his Barstool debut where you've got this guy, this enemy, this elected official who's coming after Portnoy, who's coming after Barstool and everything. And Kirk just embarrasses the shit out of the guy. And, you know, he. You've noticed he's been a little quiet, right? Oh yeah, he has not he, he hasn't he hasn't, cl- he hasn't clapped back at Barstool recently. Well,
3: that's mainly because um, you know, we're, we're sitting on it right now, but there is video evidence uh that his kids follow Barstool. Uh I think that Portnoy tweeted out um something to the extent of uh, well, I I would I would certainly want to check if 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 uh if Kurt Atoni's wife ever ordered anything from Barstool. Yeah. I think that's clear that he's clearly yeah, looking that's up funny. the Yeah, he's clearly Absolutely. looked up the receipts from the from their their merchant services there because I mean, that it, that's just hilarious. Typical hypocrite. I mean, a guy like Kurt Atone, he's saying that because he wants the virtue signal. He's the type of guy that wants to get Twitter points and pats on the back and attaboys because he wants to ban or, or boycott Sam Adams. At the same time, his kids follow Barstool, his wife's buying Barstool merch. Total, total fucking hypocrite.
0: He has no idea what he's what he's in for going after Barstool and then getting involved with the MENA fans. These are people
3: who are, are out of their minds. Steve, do you, do you subscribe? Do you think there's any validity to the claim that, that somebody who has a large platform and large followers? Is somehow responsible for what the followers say? That's that's no, idiotic. It's, it's,
2: it's, no, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's it's like guilt, classic guilt by association. But that's the kind of fair that the the libs play at. Like that's that's one of the the tactics that they can use. You find the most ridiculous, outrageous person and use it to caricature and yeah. attack who you whoever your real target. To is. the
3: point that even having a conversation. So I do a trash talk with Blind Mike, and we had a whole episode on how this podcast, Legion of Skanks, had Milo Yiannopoulos on, and I'm not sure what your thoughts are on Milo. I don't personally like the guy. I think he's kind of I've actually met Milo.
2: I met Milo out at the, the convention in Cleveland right when he was like you know, his fame was kind of peaking. Oh, so you are and, so you uh, are
3: racist, is what you're saying. Yes,
2: <laughs> I have I have met Milo Yiannopoulos. He... So I guess that does make me a racist. So but... so but
3: what do you, so you know, but here's the thing is that so that Legion of Skanks podcast, they were getting threats of crazy wacko liberals coming out, or leftists, I guess I should say, coming out, throwing milkshakes at them because somehow that's a thing, right, Steve? That that's a thing that these woke. The milkshaking, the, yeah. The, the woke I think woke this started through?
2: this started in the U.S. UK right yeah, yeah this whole idea that we're gonna throw on milk milkshakes I don't on get football, what's which, the which joke is, there it's, what's it's, the joke it's 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 not a joke it's assault like, well, no, you're like, right. Yeah,
3: yeah, it is assault, but like, I don't get like why milkshakes. Like, at least I, I get at least they're not throwing bags of urine. Like Ben Shapiro's uh co-host, not co-host, but a guy in Ben Michael Sch- Knowles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he I know, got, I know Michael got, Knowles, got, Knowles too. He, oh, you do. Okay, so you're yeah. You're, no, I did. A, I did a study
2: program with him when I was in Washington D.C. for a little while. He's a great guy, very funny. But
3: here's what I don't get. So because uh because Shapiro knows uh, a guy like ianopoulos or because you know a guy like like ianopoulos that makes Shapiro a racist, or like the like Milo said something about how Joe Rogan is the next on the list to be deplatformed. We just got Crowder right so Crowder has not been deplatformed yet but he's been demonetized which is the first step but I uh Milo made the claim that uh that fucking uh Rogan was going to be next I mean what what is has it? Rogan done that you would want to deplatform him? Steve you could kind of speak to this but it's the idea that you are giving a voice or a platform to people who who give harmful and hateful violent speech right
2: yeah. So I guess, but first off on, on, uh, on Milo, I mean, I think he's an amusing, entertaining guy. My problem with him is he has the attention span of a fucking fleet. Yeah. Like we have him on, we have him on the show. We're doing a live hit for like 15 minutes from the uh, Republican convention. And in the middle of the show, the dude is looking at his phone the entire time no, and writing right. tweets and just like talking out of the corner of his mouth into the microphone. So it's like, come on, dude. I, un- I understand that you just got like a link on the Drudge Report, but let's go. You're doing an interview on a major market radio show. Give us a, you know, give us a, stay with us here, Milo. I know you're an important guy. Uh, but you know, I think what is it that uh, they've been saying about Joe Rogan? He's alt right adjacent. Yes, yes, that's a I new mean,
3: that's a new phrase. What the what the fuck does that mean? Alt right adjacent? That's a made up make pretend word.
2: I mean, I'm just I'm just waiting for them to say something like that about Kirk because obviously, oh, it's gonna you know, come. It, you, it,
3: it, it's already coming. Like just wait. Do you have any disbelief that Shirley Long is working on a hit piece right now, saying that the hiring of Kirk Minahan completely plays into the narrative or the uh or, or the uh I guess the dangerous nature or, or or sexist ethos of bar stools? Like, of course something like that is down the is going to come down the line. Yeah,
2: no, I, I have no doubt that they're like you know combing my Twitter feed and trying to figure out you know what what embarrassing they shit shit I've tweeted that they can use to attack Kirk. But I mean they're not going to find
3: anything. Oh, same here. Um, like I mean I believe me as a pro at looking up old tweets. I have I have done a Twitter audit on myself multiple times. There is, oh yeah, you can search away. Go go. You, you know, I, the only time I've ever said bad words was to point out other people saying those words. I've never said them in a derogatory way. So have no, the fuck that's, at it.
0: That's hateful doing that.
3: Right? Yeah, I'm alt right adjacent now because I pointed out somebody else calling somebody you know the f word. Uh, Joe but,
0: Rogan has had Neil deGrasse Tyson on multiple times. Who is, is a douche. Left- Total you
3: don't douche. like him? Oh, I fucking hate Tyson. Oh, I'm a big fan. I
0: don't like his politics.
2: Actually, actually, he is not a douche because you don't use him to clean a vagina. He's <laughs> a human. That's like the science ex- explanations that he gives off. I mean, it's completely like condescending, smug BS. No, I, I
3: don't like his politics, but I like that astrophysics. Oh stuff. god! So shut up. First, listen for this for a second. He goes on Rogan and he does his whole shtick about how he watched the Titanic and how the director, what was who's the director of the Titanic? So big James uh, James Cameron. Cameron. James Cameron got the sky wrong. Oh well actually if you look at it the yes, big dipper yeah. would be angled at a 96 degree angle and it's like Who fuck cares? off you idiot you you like you self important asshole that you come When it on comes there. to the stars
0: and the planets he's entertaining and I want to learn about That's that That's entertaining
3: I- Yes, who me
0: it is.
2: That's- I don't even think he's I don't even think he's that that entertaining. Give me Attenborough all the way, yeah. you know. I'll watch like Planet Earth. That guy's got, that guy's got a sexy voice. I can hear that. I mean like once he dies there's never going to be another good animal
0: documentary. Like, not, not for nothing. You've seen my my podcast list. I listen to stuff you That's should That's right. Know. Yeah, I you are. You're a real exciting stuff. guy. I'm a
3: nerd. <laughs> But no, so so he's an asshole. But again, not an asshole. He's just a bore. But this whole idea of alt right adjacent, that's going to come for you. It's going to come for Kirk. I guarantee it. That these these are going to be the bo- that that either Chad Finn or Shirley or even somebody bigger is going but to. I, I don't think it matters at this point because no, those it does Our
0: local Boston. Well, Steve, what
3: about Deadspin? Yeah, what about Deadspin is, so, I mean, is going to go I, after Deadspin's come after Kirk in the past.
0: Yeah,
2: no, I mean, I'm fine. They can come after us. It's free publicity. I mean, what Howie says, every knock a boost. Like, sure. You want to you want to go to war with uh with Barstool Sports? Let's let's do it. Is I mean, these guys these guys, guys are nowadays? coming unarmed
3: to a battle of wits. Yeah. Like, we're we're ready. Well, that's what I always say. So, first of all, like yeah, asked, are they relevant? They're not relevant. Deadspin is is they're bankrupt. They are they were by when when Gawker Media went down, right? With the whole Hogan uh fiasco. Yeah, they they, they were, were the part of it. They're about they're they're a second away from getting sold for a fucking penny. Uh and they 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 have no uh, relevancy in any sort of pop- popular discourse—they're only liked by people who only they—they're in their Twitter bubbles, and they—it's in this echo chamber of woke philosophy and woke scolding, and they don't actually have any sort of voice in popular discourse. I think that
2: I think that's a perfectly accurate uh, description. The only way
3: that I've ever gone
2: to de- Deadspin or interacted with any of their content is to see stuff that they've written about Kirk. Yeah. So I mean, like you know, feuding with Kirk might be a good business model for them. I mean, they could probably double their traffic if they decided to do a couple articles a day criticizing us but from the conversations that i've had with barstool they are going to have our backs 100%. wow what a change. And i mean you've seen that you've seen that in practice with the with the Kurtitone stuff. oh like, yeah, you got they, erica they...
3: tweeting it out.
2: They exactly. They they want Kirk Minahan to be Kirk Minahan and to be a maniac and to and to start these ba- you know these wars. And yeah, are we gonna cross the line at some point in time? Yeah, probably. I would. I would even for Barstool, we might get hauled into
3: the principal's office and have a little conversation yeah, long, about how as we as need to reel it in. as long as you don't say anything that's ridiculous that would get you fired. Like you know, as long as you're not saying derogatory terms, attacking people because of their sexuality or because of their race. I don't think, like, what are they going to say? Like, because, oh, you're exactly. mean, you're mean to people that are hypocrites, you're mean to politicians, like, what? like I'm I- waiting
0: for the first Leong piece or Chad Finn because it is local to Boston. And, and one, when they start speaking up, it gets people more engaged and more supporting Kirk, but also it's going to reinforce the n- the notion that that's like small time pebbles right now. Oh yeah, it is right small now.
3: potatoes, but the reality is, is that we're smarter, we're faster, we're funnier, and we're better at social media than these people. That's just, oh, that's just yeah. the reality. Oh yeah, 110%. Like, like, uh- if Shirley knows what's best for her, she will leave us alone. Yeah. I'll, the, just,
2: I'll, just, I'll just say that. They are, much.
3: they are the sad, pathetic old guard trying their best to stay relevant, but the death knell is coming. And that's the Kirk Manahan show next Monday, 11 a.m., correct? 11 a.m., we're going to get that released? Uh, yeah. We'll have files out by
2: 11 a.m. You you mentioned uh, the thing about Crowder. Have you been following the Crowder Mazza? The, the Mazza. Uh, Car- yeah. Carlos Mazza. Carlos Mazza. Yeah. Have you been following that exchange? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Been, yeah. He's- see, I guess. My problem, my problem with Crowder is that he's just really not that funny. Like, no, he's, I wanna, not. he's a I terrible wanna, comedian. Like I want to love, I want to love that content, and I, you know, it's like you know, it's a guy, it's a right wing guy who's you know successful as an entrepreneur and a YouTuber. I want to like that, but I've never watched any of it and thought, oh my god, this is hilarious. I mean, his I wanna, t-shirts like, aren't, his aren't that funny.
3: Yeah, the t-shirts are not funny. The uh, he no, says that no, they were, they socialism is for, and then he does like a play on you know the F word. I think he says yeah, he says no, I mean, figs, correct? Like the fruit figs. I think is what I he guess says. that that's that's my problem is that he's he's not funny. And, you know, I guess if
2: if I think, you know, Carlos Mazza's, I guess his sexuality is fair game because it's like part of his public persona. But again, like how many times can you just make fun of somebody for being gay? Well, I just love that like,
3: YouTube comes out one day defending Crowder, saying he didn't violate any of their terms and conditions. And then the next day, demonetizing. Oh, yeah, no, they, I mean, they're waffling.
2: It's a, it's a terrible company. I mean, there has to be an alternative at some point. I, I mean, I think I tweeted out the other day, how awesome would it be if, uh, you know, President Trump, you know, finishes out his second term and then decides that he's going to create a media company and you know like he's i mean he's he probably doesn't have the money to do it but he's definitely got the branding power oh, to wait, get a team underneath him trump? there's twitch there's twitch out trump, there trump tube you know oh my god Trumper. <laughs> he, can, he can come up with all kinds of new social media platforms where they won't ban people so i mean i don't think i don't think crowder should be demonetized or deplatformed i mean this is clearly an or- orchestrated strategy by carlos i mean they picked pride month to do it oh yeah but, there's you know, no this, coincidence this, this, there yeah no this entire thing is has, has been in the making for a while but hey speaking of pride month I uh, I took my 13-year-old niece to Boston Pride Parade okay. over the weekend. How did that go? My uh, her parents very conservative. You know, we we'd scheduled this vacation a little while and a, a little while ago didn't realize it was going to be Pride Week. Mm-hmm. And so I had like one goal is make sure that the the first penis my 13-year-old niece <laughs> sees is not at the Boston Pride Parade and a hey, huge success. I'd like to thank everybody <sighs> marching in the Boston Pride Parade for not exposing my 13-year-old niece to a oh,
3: penis. Oh, that's good. That's good. I know Callahan was talking about that on MNC. He was talking about how there's always that one float. So he was Why are you listening to that show uh, because you know I'm I, I, like I said I'm a sucker for punishment and I also uh, like to hear if they're going to talk about us I, I think that, that that's the only, really the only reason no they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna I, talk about I you they're not gonna, I mean every to single one of them,
0: us and let's ignore them
2: Every single one of them is going to listen to Kirk's podcast every single day because it's going to be the most entertaining thing going. What else do they have to do with their lives? Mm-hmm. And you know the, they won't talk about it all. It was like the Curtitone audio that was legitimately the funniest stuff going in Boston media and like sports media. It was hilarious.
3: They could have had a field day playing that audio, but they can't because they're too proud. Well, that's the thing. They're trying. So the so the edict. I think there are two edicts going on right now behind the scenes at EEI. Number one, discredit Twitter. They're coming out. Mutt is saying that Twitter's going to be gone in a year. That there's that nobody cares about. Twitter you got really uh, I haven't heard him saying any of that stuff. oh yeah yep he, he uh he said that that Twitter is going to be irrelevant in a couple of years <laughs> This is the genius mud is uh you serious yeah, I'm dead well, serious. well yeah
2: I mean I, I think yeah the, this internet thing's kind of a fad too oh yeah I think we, I think we, sh- we probably shouldn't do that Amazon I think is probably mm-hmm. going away Ret- you, know, where it's, um,
3: you know where it's at is retail that's where it's at
2: yes yes, yes. I think brick brick and mortar retail is probably the future signpost. yes you know? no. I mean you know, I could, I reward. <laughs> I could see a scenario where, you know, five years from now Twitter is le- less relevant than it is. But my theory's always been that it's kind of like the um it's kind of like the nervous system of the American media. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because, it, you know, it's not everyone always says, oh, Trump needs to tweet because that's how he takes his message right to the people. No, that's how he takes his message to all of the media. Yeah, like he's not he's not tweeting for the average Joe. I mean, it's like something like 20 percent of people have Twitter accounts of America. And, uh, and of that, accounts. only
3: four percent of them are active users, apparently something like
2: that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the, the media are the people who are addicted to Twitter and that's who he's using it to,
0: to accuse yeah, This is the danger with, with you is you could start talking about Trump with me and then swing me to your direction very easily.
2: Well, I mean, let's I mean, let's let's I mean, let's cover it a little bit. It was, uh, you know, it was a it was a kind of an awkward thing for me. I, you know, I was a naive young conservative. I'm a political philosophy major. You know, I love, uh, you know, Alexis de Tocqueville and Leo Strauss. And I really thought, you know, going into the 2016 election, I was like, oh, my God, there are so many candidates and they all have ideas. Oh, you were a Rubio guy, huh?
3: uh yeah, yeah I, I knew it Rubio. I can I can yeah. smell him I can smell him yeah, a mile away you're a Rubio I guy know. through and through okay oh, I yeah, at Ted, least I, at least I, was I can a come Ted come Cruz clean. guy through and through oh okay
2: yeah I like Ted Cruz too but I mean he's he's a little weird you think a little creepy I think everyone's gonna acknowledge it's just a little bit of a creep oh, well he there. he
3: is the Zodiac killer right well
2: yeah I mean he he killed a number of people in the 70s in California that's confirmed. Yes. I was I was all in on Ted Cruz his his dad also killed JFK but I mean whatever well that's according
3: the, if the president says it it must be true.
2: I think the statute of limitations has expired on. that. Yes. But anyway, so, you know, we go we go through the election after the convention. He w- he wins the nomination. I'm basically like, all right, I'm on board. You know how he's a how he's a big Trump fan. We're having him on the show all the time, which I got to tell you, wild wild experience to go through that campaign and have you know president trump like he comes on the show and he makes fun of marco rubio's boots and i've got like every legacy media operation and buzzfeed emailing me like oh can we have that audio can we have that audio i was like really he just made like some side comment about marco rubio's boots and and that that becomes like a huge news story so it was a wild experience and I kind of, you know, I don't know if I thought that he was maybe going to be like a sneaky Democrat, because he's got this whole history, uh, you know, on, a, on abortion, or he's been basically on both sides of every major political issue in his entire life. Uh, but hey, I, I actually think it's worked out now. I kind of I
3: mean, I, I take you as a Shapiro guy, where Shapiro was like, I didn't really like him in 2016, but now that he's president, all the damage that he's he would have done to, you know, the the party he's already done, so now the best thing is to keep him in office. I mean, that's, that, that's at least Shapiro's philosophy on him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of that going on, but it also like his election completely destroyed my faith in like the potential of American politics and just turned me into a a complete, if this word even makes any sense, a political nihilist. Yeah. Where I just like, I just don't care anymore and all I want to do is tear things down. So it's like, you know, President Trump, I guess the way I look at it is he's kind of like a mercenary for the conservative movement Mm. and, you know, he might not actually be conservative himself, but he's done more than a lot of these, you know, he's done more than Ted Cruz ever has. You know, he's done done more to help us. He cut my taxes. He hasn't started any new wars. Oh, wait, no,
3: don't you listen to the news, yeah. he didn't cut taxes. In fact, in fact, people got smaller refunds. Little do they know, it's because you got tax less on your paycheck. But uh, yeah, don't the, tell the people that. So here's yeah, my problem no.
0: with here's my problem with the tax cut is we're bearing the lead there that that tax cut was really never intended as a personal tax income tax cut. That was about getting corporate taxes to a place where businesses could compete better. That's why everybody got a thousand dollar bonus and the personal tax cut was kind of thrown in there. The big deal there, much like the Bush tax cut, the big deal was like capital gains and uh, dividends. This was that corporate taxes are much lower and that's helped boost the economy. But I don't like the fact that he's not messaging this well.
2: No, no. The, the messaging on this has been absolutely terrible. But as far as I'm concerned, it's not like the exact tax cut package that I would want. And I don't know if this is actually like thrilling podcast audio, but uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to cut I, out I, all this I, shit. You kidding me? This, okay. this is gone. Any 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 direction that brings my taxes down, I am happy about. That's, that's Can I sh- you know. can I
3: shift gears to something a little bit more interesting for one second? Yeah, absolutely. So, so here's, here's what I want to ask you. What is your elevator pitch? Because Kirk has talked about it in you know generalities. What is your elevator pitch for the Kirk Menahan show? Because right now we don't know like the particulars or the details of of like the like what the topics are going to be uh, about. You know it, how the co- live calls are going to work, whether or not it's going to be live stream. So what's your elevator pitch for it? And does it involve a Netflix like type app?
2: It's gonna it's gonna be the most interesting, gripping uh, production in the talk format that anyone has ever heard. We're gonna experiment a lot. We're gonna find what works. We're gonna to take in feedback uh, we're gonna confront people uh, you know I got to, I got a bunch of ideas I should probably bounce these around with you guys yeah
3: like, do why, why not a voicemail a, line why not a voicemail line
2: yeah no we're gonna have a voicemail line we'll play we'll play some interesting voicemails that come in I mean we're gonna have I mean it's gonna take a little while because this is like you know kind of a startup organization they basically like hired me two weeks ago and they're like oh by the way you just you're responsible for finding an entire studio <laughs> and I'm like oh really and you guys pick the start date that's like two weeks from now and you don't have a studio this makes a lot of sense uh, but we're gonna eventually have have every single capability you could possibly want, whether it's video, uh, live calls, anything. I mean, the, we'll have the potential to do it, whether, like, you know, callers become a regular feature of it. I'm not, I don't really think callers add a lot to any particular show unless they're very, very well screened. Uh, but, you know, we'll have the capability to do anything. But, like, I got, I got an idea. I, I want to bring a heroin addict in. <laughs> what? I, want, I want Kirk. Yeah, I want Kirk to interview a heroin addict. And I'm not talking about somebody who's, like, re- reformed their life and are, have come clean and then they're, they're now, like, traveling the country talking with other addicts. I want somebody who's like needle tracks like really gross. Oh my, I want to be like, why what do, I'm, I'm why? you i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a hundred bucks and i want you to go i want to joe dirt this thing. <laughs> like i want to i want to kirk to talk with this guy and get his life story face like to how face did, how did yeah face to face yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm gonna carry i mean i haven't talked about to, to kirk about this but yeah i'm gonna carry we'll be fine kirk will be protected <laughs> okay and uh yeah, I mean.
3: And what is Kirk going to talk about with this heroin addict? I just want to know. His life story. I don't know. His life the thing story. About, the, thing, the thing about Kirk is
2: he could make anything entertaining and interesting. Like the, the, you know, the, the guests, I mean, some guests are interesting in and of themselves, but the way you maneuver through the interview Well, actually, is... there is
3: somebody It's actually who I actually believe is a heroin addict. He's a former caller to EEI. Uh, his name was Homeless Kevin. He was a 500-pound man that lived in the back of his car uh, and, and ate out of the McDonald's dumpster. So he, uh, he absolutely should be interviewed by Kirk. 100% on that. Let's let's line
2: it up. I mean, I want to. I want to get Kirk on with a, a legit Scientology. Oh, that's good. Oh, I
0: would. I would definitely listen to that. You
2: know, I want to get. I want to get uh, John McAfee. Have you guys been following yeah, this like a this little maniac? The guy, yeah, he's like he's, he's like, like in the, Belize? he. Yeah, no, I think he's. I think he was still in the Bahamas, but he does. He does this. Uh, uh, you know, he he may have murdered some people in Europe. I uh, started that awful antivirus company. Now he's like a Bitcoin shell, and uh, he's running for president of the United States. And he was tweeting a couple of weeks ago about this like whale fucking ceremony. He's like he, like swims out in the water and tries to have sex with whales uh it just seems like a maniac i mean i basically i want to the the i guess the unofficial motto of the show and the planning has been crazy has a home here so we're we're looking for people who are going to be uh wild people who will humiliate themselves with just a little bit of help a little bit of a push in the right direction how
0: much do you think you're going to be on the air because i see you as young jerry callahan
2: Uh, I don't know I mean it's it's really something that's just gonna you know we've got to figure that out and and in my experience it's you you build a really I mean this sounds like cornball Mike D shit but you build you build a relationship with your host and you know when you're supposed to chime in when you're not supposed to chime in when your feedback creates value and adds entertainment to the show and when it doesn't so I think that's one one of the things that I've done very well with Howie is knowing when to be there and when to step
3: back I was talking to blind Mike earlier uh, not on Periscope off the air and I was I was asking him yeah I know right Real entertaining conversation I love Mike Uh, but Mike I was asking him, like, are you, are you going to be in every day? Are you going to be on the air? Cause I think Mike would be good in like a, he chimes in, let's say if Kirk talks for 95% of the show, Mike chimes in for 5%. I feel like Mike in some spots. My idea that I pitched to Kirk, um, was that you should have Mike read the headlines, but you print, <laughs> but you print them out in insanely small font. <laughs> and you see how far you can get through. It might be fun for one day. I don't know if that will work for like an everyday thing, but for one day, I think that would be funny. Um, but like, as far as how do you see Mike fitting in? How do you see any of that playing out?
2: I mean, I've got a I've got a call with with uh, Kirk in a little bit, and we'll go over some of that stuff. I actually, you know, that when Kirk tweeted out, what was it last night that you know, Blind Mike was going to be involved. I, you know, that's that, that was the first I've heard of it. A lot of this stuff, you know, it, it's going to be a, a fun, exciting. Well, time. Well, Mike, we Mike about a lot blew of up. Mike, fly. he
3: got something like thirteen hundred likes and and like like sixty five. Thousand views today on his video, his "I'm Coming Home" video. I want to ask you one other thing. Because I know that you're kind of pressed on time, why, uh, why not go live? why not? Why not either go serious or live stream? I think
2: we will eventually be doing a lot of live stuff. Okay. You know it's, it's it's a conversation to be had down the line I mean given given the the short timeline that I kind of inherited here it's going to be just the podcast for a little while until we get his dedicated studio but is, there's there's gonna be a lot of it that is live um, there'll be a lot of live you know teasers about what's coming but eventually I think we'll be putting out a live audio and video product
0: I don't know about serious I, I think a live product maybe on the internet but I don't know about that serious channel it just feels like it's just throw whoever is in the back room on the air and show like we're having fun here
3: you're really down on this. Bar still a serious channel. I am. I, I, mean, I like. I think. I, like I think KC
0: show, and I like. Uh, I like rigs and prez. I like those. Everything else is is really hard to listen to. I think they'd be crazy not to DB Kirk. Yeah, no,
2: I mean, I think I think eventually once once they see the the listenership, the audience that he's going to build, once they see the results and and the uh, you know as it grows, they'll definitely want to put that. I mean, it, it'll be their best content. Why wouldn't you put that on this platform? Well, I mean, outside you of the, know, cousins. the serious channel that you're paying for. What
3: did you say outside of the cousins? Outside of the cousins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually oh, like the cousins. Okay. The, the, it's such a bad show, and they're so self aware of it. And at the end of the day, my thing is is that I think the trick to being good on the internet is being self. Aware, because yeah. the people who are not self-aware are just the people that are so fun to make fun of. They're like Boston Globe uh, cartoonists. Yeah, they take themselves so <laughs> exact. Yes, like Boston Globe cartoonist. As LJ, he's not a he's not a Boston Globe, is he? Yeah,
2: I thought he was a Boston. Globe I think
0: he's cartoonist. an E.I. He was at what He used to be, and he was with the National, but he's just oh, doing the stuff
2: okay. on
3: EEI.com. Yeah,
2: yeah, I didn't know who the hell he was. I had I had to look him up. He's, and, he's, and he's and a man
3: like, of God. Did you know Jeffrey Dahmer accepted Christ before he died? <laughs> <laughs> he's, no, but hey. poor L.J. He actually believes. Did you see him tweet out? He's like Kirk. How could you do this to me? Does he think? Yeah, no. He
2: believes it was. He believes that Kirk somehow invented a like like Photoshop this thing <laughs> and framed him as being the porn tweet. But he deleted know, I was, it. I was so
3: confused. Here's, here's yeah, what no. he doesn't understand. If he's not. Not using the incognito tab okay pro tip for you LJ if you're not using the incognito tab and you've logged into your Google Chrome on your Twitter well guess what at the bottom of every single Pornhub video there's a tweet link that you can click and it will tweet it right out of your account so and that's what happened and that's clearly-, clearly which
2: is like kind of a dick thing for Pornhub to do oh yeah if we're being honest like you like there's there's no one no one has ever been sitting there spanking it watching porn to uh, you know uh, Pornhub I mean like you know what I think I need to share this with my followers. This is a really good porn <laughs> video. The, the money shot right there at the end. People need to see this. No, no one has ever I, thought about it. Like fuck 15, you, fuck you, porn tube, for putting that out I
0: saw 15 seconds of that video that LJ had, and the woman looks at the camera like I'm being raped. <laughs> to call the police. Does she uh, wait? I, are you serious? Yeah, no, she, doesn't she doesn't say, say that, say but that. the look on oh, her face God. is
3: like this is an assault. But Steve, no, Steve from Providence. Seconds. Steve from Providence loves that video. He said it was fine. He said it you was fine. No, he
0: said to me, He goes, You don't understand like the whole concept. Text and the irony and he's yeah. going into this
3: whole thing I'm like you're sick exactly you know you're a
2: real sicko when some person in uh you know accidentally tweets that you're like oh yes I've, I've seen that one before yeah. yes I've, yeah uh, I, I, hey, I like that one a, ta- a tad long a little bit too much anal
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> a little uh, thin on the plot development but you know what I think the characters were fully fleshed out you know what I mean yes <laughs> hey
0: this is a good segue but I got a question about Grace Curly. Yeah. Uh, the question is, she's cute, single. What type is she? She's not she mar- single. She's not. So she's not single. The, no,
2: she's got a long term boyfriend that she's probably going to marry. He's actually a really good guy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, she is. She is fully off the market. I. I, I don't know. I, I. hope I can still get uh, in, invited to the wedding at some point because the Curlies know how to party. Oh, did
3: you? Uh, but are you afraid that you burned your bridges with 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 the Howie Carr show? No,
2: not at all. Yeah. I think we're leaving on really good terms. I mean, they still they still want me to fill in when how you know they still want me to work on Christmas Eve. Yeah for uh for 50 bucks an hour um, are you gonna do
3: that no no <laughs> are you kidding okay. me okay no i mean Since, like, I, 50 bucks I, I think, an hour you could get anybody to do that yeah I no mean, i
2: think i think it'll be it'll be any any of that work will be precluded by the agreement with uh with barstool anyways but also like you know i'm gonna dedicate my full time and energy to this project with kirk
0: well this is good because I, just in the voicemail i think somebody accidentally called us and didn't realize he was calling us
1: hi holly this is mark moroso jr I was listening on Friday, and it sounds like that, that guy Steve is leaving. He was crying like a blubbered puss. Uh, I wanted to let you know I got your number from my friend Chris Curtis. He thought me and you would be a great fit together, and I should call you up. I've worked with uh, – I've been trying to break through on the Hillman show, but that's a big operation, so I'm not really You know, – I'm kind of a low man at the time. I've worked with uh, Kirk Minahan. That led to a big opportunity with um, V. Ryan James, uh, but that kind of fell through. He's not on the blind side anymore. So I got one more space left up on the Mark Moroso, Mount Rushmore, and it's going to be Howie Carr, two peas in a pod, me and you. All right, give me a call back. I got a lot of good ideas for the Trump line. Let's make radio great again. <laughs>
0: what do you think? Mark Morosa? a good fit for the Howie Carr show? Uh,
2: no, I don't think so. I mean, again, Moroso, Greg Hill. These are guys that like I've only. I mean, I've been in Boston media for five years now, and I only learn about them because they interact even a little bit with Kirk Minahan. Mm-hmm. But uh, I kind of felt bad for the guy, right? Like, so he's so he's so clearly not going to get the job. Yeah. Never, <laughs> never at any moment was he going to get the job. There was never the the, the slightest possibility that he was going to get that job. But he'd actually convinced himself that. He, he probably thought it was like, what, a 50-50 yeah. shot that he was going to get the oh, job? Oh, yeah. And the, and the entire time, he's like, oh, Kirk Minahan's toying with my emotions. I Why, know. Am, I so bad at, why am I so bad at Twitter? And you know, I, I'm talking with Kirk behind the scenes and know that he's not in the picture. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be like, somebody go take his shoelace. I know. We need to do Are a wellness
3: like... check on him. Well, here's the thing. Steve, did you hear his uh, pitch to us? I think he thought that this was going to bring him over the finish line. He said he offered that once a month he would do an appearance on the, <laughs> the Minifan show. That if he got the job, he promised us that that he would come on once a month. And then DC and I are like, we're, we're DMing uh, and messaging behind the scenes during the podcast. And we're like, does he know that we don't want him on once a month? <laughs> like,
2: the, great, the great Mark Moroso will make time for you guys. Yes,
3: yeah. Big, big swinging <laughs> Dick Moroso, man. He comes on. The first time we had him on the Minifan, uh, Minifan show, I swear to God, Steve. You know what he does? He goes, well, guys, I've given you enough time. I got to let you guys go. I'm like, you're big timing us? Are you serious?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he was trying to go back and forth with me on Twitter. And I shut him up when he was, when I was talking about, you know, rub your pussy, his, his favorite quote. And he you're yeah, uh, yeah, like, you would know. I go, well, why don't you open your
3: legs and I'll show you. <laughs> and that's the last I've heard from him. Yeah. For those of you don't know that don't know, he, uh, on his infamous enough about me, Moroso said that, well, Kirk with you, I think it's like my wife told me it's like with any new girl, you just got to figure out how to rub Kirk's pussy the right way. What? what that's what he said on enough about me go back and listen to it if it's if the if it's still there yeah no I'm I know I, li-
2: I listened to it when it came out I I did I don't remember that part that's that's oh, like an online remembering yeah yeah no that's a, that's an awful yeah. thing.
0: does Kirk still have the audio of that Scrubs blind Mike and Mark Moroso oh, and it. the Stephen Providence that. one I more need the Steve from Providence because I need to figure out why only Neil Young is more influential
2: yeah, I don't know if he ever had the audio. I haven't talked to him about it, but I'd I'd
3: certainly be interested in getting our hands on it. I, I mean, know he has the rights. He said, well at least he said that he ha- he maintained ownership, I think he said, of the Enough About Me podcast. Or the- I don't know if he has the RSS okay. feed, because the RSS feed, if you look it up, it still says it's radio.com. So I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, he- I mean Intercom still hasn't given him his his website domains. No. Like if you if you go if you if you go to the right now, it it uh, transfers over to an Entercom page with Kirk's mug on oh, it. Oh give me the and give, I'm give like, me
3: a fucking break. Are you kidding me?
2: No, they still haven't transferred that over. And I've I've been talking with the Barstool people, I'm like, listen you guys you guys need to get on this because Entercom it's been uh I guess what 5 years now since howie hasn't been at Entercom and they keep renewing howiecar.com. No, no way. Like they've yeah, they've they've renewed their license on howiecar.com.
3: fuck, Jesus, these Exactly. Are the it's worst. I mean
2: it's it's absolutely ridiculous stuff. And and they'll do that to Kirk if they get the yeah, chance. Yeah, I'm looking at this website.
0: It's this empty website. It's got Kirk's picture and that's it.
2: Oh my and, god. It, I mean, that, that domain is of zero value to them, other than you know b- being a pest for us. So you know that's that's one of the first things they got to do is, is harass them until they actually transfer. I mean, if they could figure out how to transfer a registrar, I mean, I'm not
3: I'm not sure that that's oh, no, within that's, the, these people their ability. Yeah, these people don't even know. Oh my god! Here it is. I'm looking at it. This is pathetic. And what an awful picture! They they cut Kirk like twelve years ago. They cut and paste the old uh, KNC picture of Kirk with that awful blue. That's not a KNC picture of Kirk. That's a DNC picture. Oh, it is. Oh my God! That's the Dennis and Callahan Kirk
1: picture. Oh my!
2: I mean, heaven, heaven forbid we hire an actual professional photographer to come in and take some, uh, you know, some good shots of our, you know, most uh, highly rated talent.
3: Who would want to do that? The
0: last time they had a photographer in, he wanted to take a picture of Kirk naked. (laughs)
3: <laughs> That's the last time. Are you serious? You didn't hear about this? They were going to do You know how ESPN does the body issue? Well, uh, I think it was Curtis.
0: They were going <laughs> to like Brooks. Kavka,
3: oh, they were going to do gl- it.
0: Kirk,
2: Kirk was going to have to cut weight and look, look a little. Spelt. Oh, no.
3: Glenn Ordway was ready and willing to go nude in this. Oh, bod- the, the, man. The, 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 I mean, I think it was Curtis's idea, but Kirk shut it down apparently. And like there was an epic meeting where he basically like <laughs> he basically made the photographer feel so uncomfortable that they had to they had to like leave the room like it was that it was that tense. Um, God, I might have to go back and look at my contract and make sure there's nothing about me being required to pose nude or
2: take <laughs> pictures of a naked uh Kirk. Oh, you didn't
3: know that? That's already, that's a, you're signing up for that at day one with working for Kirk Minahan, in fact, that's a, yeah.
2: So you guys might be able to fill me in. What's, what's the deal with uh, Jared Carabas? Okay,
0: yeah, let's, let's, that's a good, that's a good segue. So that's, that's a good thing I can answer. One, he sucks. <laughs> Two, he has his tongue so far up Sam Kennedy's ass that it's not funny. He's boring. He also turned a woman lesbian. No, he didn't. Now, Did he both? really? That's what they talk about on CCK all the time that he finally got a girlfriend and they dated for a while and she became a lesbian. Oh, he was
3: That's tough. He, That's going to be a huge blow to your self-esteem. Oh yeah. If you if you were the one that made them change teams, I mean, jeez, yeah. wow. And like why like would you're you're you're
2: so awful that they were just like, "You know what? I never want to see another dick again."
3: If you're a heterosexual
0: woman and you're dating Jared Carabas, and this guy's got a hard on over Uh, JD
3: Martinez. Mookie Betts.
2: Mookie
0: Betts. Oh, yeah. Have you you seen Mookie's War?
3: Oh, my God. It's everything. Just gets me off. Yeah, see,
2: I. So I haven't had a lot of experience with any of Carabas's content. I just know that you know he's like what a Homer. He just loves the Red Sox and he gets it's like access journalism. Kind oh yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny sure. most
3: would go to him. Back off, dude. Well, he's he's the um, he's the guy that is uh, at least the internet claims that he was responsible for bringing uh, David Price to Boston. So we can thank uh, we can thank him for that load uh, that 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 guy okay, that can't cool. win in Yankee Stadium. But anyway, and Price is just a pandering. I mean, he's he's a total panderer too. Price. He's a guy that wants you to know that his 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 dog's name is you know if the media doesn't know that his Dash. dogs. Name is Astro or whatever the hell it is. Then he's gonna come at you and say that you know that you're being mean to him and shit like that. But the problem with with Carabas is that he comes on trash talk with me and Mike, and the whole time he's talking about how when he does these barstool videos, he's got to have energy and he's got to act like it's almost like WWE. You've got to have this whole persona. And the entire time he's this dud, this milk toast bore on our podcast with no energy. Uh, yeah. Down a whole bottle of melatonin oh just before he came on. God, the air. a little bit. It was like like come on, you're not doing us a favor. Jeff. Like, like we've had we've had bigger people than you on our show, okay? Like we don't need you to come on here and give us a. And he refused. He didn't. I don't know if he refused or not. But we asked him to retweet it. The fucker never did. Oh wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, he's got a co-host on his show Steve Peralt who's really really excellent. He carries the show But Karabas is is a fool. He's also into pro wrestling Which any grown man who's into any type of pro wrestling anyway, is you fraud you
3: are into pro wrestling. don't tell
0: Steve that <laughs> Wait, lie. are you,
2: you are you serious DC? You're into pro wrestling? I like
0: I like nostalgia pro wrestling It's like
2: it's like it's like soap opera. It is it's like soap opera for people in trailer parks. Yes,
0: well, that's why that's why I have where do you a whole think, bunch
3: of clips like like this. You are
0: no good you are worse than
3: Michael Jackson. Yeah, the fact that Steve isn't laughing at that means he doesn't even know who it is. And, and no, I, I don't no I, I don't even know. I
2: it. gotta be honest, all my friends growing up were really big into uh WWE, WWF, I think it was called back then. And it was right at the time where that um that network news promo came out exposing f- pro wrestling. And there was like, <laughs> it was a like huge legitimate debate over whether pro wrestling is actually fake. <laughs> or not. Like, we, we, we got in f- like fist no. fights. Where I'm like, oh, no, pro wrestling, it, it's just fake. It's just like a soap opera guy's. Like, oh, fuck you. Well, it's not no, fake, this it's is
3: scripted. real. Well, little did you know, like, so so DEC, uh, he grew up in uh, Wilburham, but then I think he moved to uh, Otis now. And he lives in a trailer park, actually, right? I don't live in Otis. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with living in a trailer park. (laughs) No, nothing at all. It's it's fine living. You
2: pay pay a little bit less in rent, but where where are you guys actually physically located? Are we going to be able to get you into the city? I
3: can come in whenever. I'm in. Well, I'm in Philly. I'm right outside of
2: Hartford, Connecticut. Okay, do you are, do you guys have like full time jobs or yes. are you trust funders? No, I've got a no, full time job. Yep. Oh, okay. I have, a, I have a, job right. a
3: job that
0: actually has like real responsibilities and stuff. Yeah, and you and you probably. shirk them for this clearly. I, I'm that good at my job. That's that right. I can do all of that and then do this and then be a you great work, like, husband like, and father. We're like three hours a
2: day. Are you, you probably work at like a hedge fund or something? Uh, no,
0: not quite. It's a Fortune 50 company.
2: Though. Oh, okay. Yeah, Fortune 50 company. Oh, so you gotta stay you gotta stay anonymous. They can not know that you're dicking around on podcasts. Yeah, like
3: I'm this. just a, I'm, a, I'm just a guy in his 20s. I can get a new job tomorrow. It doesn't fucking matter. So who cares uh, so that's why that's why partially why I don't really give a shit about the whole oh the FBI is next on your list like what the hell does that supposed to mean like oh.
2: so th- there's a great thing about actually not being anonymous be, you know being able to just speak your oh, mind yeah. and being public because I mean, there's a little bit more freedom that way and you don't have to worry you don't have to be like looking over your shoulder but I mean I understand I'm, I'm fine with it at I'm not cer- gonna be you're point... hiding behind a veil <laughs> that's right yeah
3: you're hiding <laughs> you behind it. a veil you got it yes yes you,
0: at a certain point what does it matter what your name is you kind of People yeah, know you for Barstool. What your name. Look at Barcelona. You've got K-
3: KFC. People don't know his, you know, people rarely know his real name. you got PFT Commenter. Uh, I mean, Feidelberg, like, yeah, his name is John Feidelberg, but nobody calls him John. You know, it's like, it, it, you know, people, El Prez, you know, there's, it's, it, it, sometimes those, those pseudonyms work just as well or it makes, cause it kind of like, it's like if you've got a boring name, like if you're just John Smith, which is not my name, by the way, before you guys start looking, um, you know, that's like, very, I mean, that's just boring, right? Make yourself interesting. But I,
2: I think that there's, there's also like, like an allure you have with anonymity like there was this so one twitter account that i was following for a little while during you know the campaign or maybe the first couple of years of the trump administration and it, it, the guy had some kind of a cryptic tweet a handle that was like uh, stealth Sessions or something like that and he was actually really good he must have been a lawyer or something he provided the point uh, you know on point analysis of what was going on hmm. some strate- strategy stuff and the whole theory was like Jeff Sessions wasn't just this like dope from the south he was actually a really good Attorney General secretly maneuvering oh, no to way. down the lips but then but then Jeff Sessions gets fired and so the entire you know his entire theory goes away and he just comes out and he's like oh hey I'm, I'm Brian and he posts a picture of himself as his avatar and he's just like <laughs> And I'm and I'm just like, oh, you know, your well, tweets were interesting when you were anonymous, but now that I know you're just some. I don't fat think
3: dude. I don't think anybody knows who Alapundit is. No, no La one air. knows who Alapundit
2: is, but he's well, great. the other thing
3: with DEC and I is that we yeah. do live streams all the time, so what we, we you can see like we're right there, like you see our video, like you see us right there. So I'm not sure what the whole. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, if someone was if someone was serious enough, they could probably
3: oh out yeah, anymore, f- f- fucking but, facial recognition you know, and shit like that. That's why I don't use yeah, the Snapchat I, filters because yeah, that I've they're called. they're stealing our faces. I swear to God, yeah, that's what well. they're doing. I've talked a lot about iPhone XR. You could figure out who I am pretty easily. Oh,
2: yeah. I've got the new iPhone XR, and uh, it's got, like, the face, the facial unlock thing going on. And it's, like, so convenient. But at the same time, I know every single picture of my face is being uploaded to some database that will inevitably be hacked by the Chinese and by the FBI and the NSA. So I'm, like, giving giving away my privacy and my security. So
3: I know somebody that works for the CIA. I probably shouldn't say that. But I know somebody who works for the CIA. They all have to have contingency plans for evacuating in within 40. They have to have 48-hour nuclear contingency plans plans if there is some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of bomb threat or nuclear scare. They all they're not allowed to bring cell phones in to, to the CIA headquarters. And beyond that, at least at least this is what I've been told, is that they all are aware that uh, that the Chinese have access to everything within Alexa or any other um, sort of like those home home pods or whatever. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. There's there, I mean, the, the Huawei stuff is real. I mean, and, and not to not to drag it back to Trump, but like the you know the trade war, the fight, the confrontation with China. I mean, it's excellent. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it needs to happen. It's long overdue. I mean, they've been abusing, they've been hacking into everything they possibly can. They've been stealing the secrets of American companies. Uh, I mean, they've been we we don't even know the full extent of what they've been doing to
3: abuse us. Certainly more than like Google or Facebook or YouTube. So Steve, before we let you go, what's what are you looking forward to the most about this new this new venture with Kirk?
2: Well, I mean, I think uh, there's. I'm, I'm a troublemaker, and I think that being a, being being paired with probably the most gifted troublemaker in the country yeah. is going to be good. I'm I'm excited. I mean, Kirk brings something new. I mean, Kirk just like texted me out of the blue. Uh, yeah, I got a call with uh, Mayor Kurt Uh mm-hmm. yeah. I led him to believe I was a Boston Globe reporter. So how are we going to do this thing? And you know that that's great stuff. Every everything is going to be a surprise. Is always going to be some some fun, exciting surprise, uh, but. I think that the, the freedom and the flexibility to do this, I mean, we'll be doing a lot of these shows on the road. I mean, we'll be doing some man-on-the-street interviews. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing, I mean, there's so much room to just create a show, do a lot of trial and experimentation, see what works, see what doesn't work. Uh, so I think that's what I'm really excited about.
0: I was going to ask about tariffs, but at that
2: point... Oh, my God. <laughs> Are we really? We're going to talk about tariffs. <laughs> Jesus Christ oh maybe 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 at some point we can have the uh, the boring trump
3: podcast oh my between god it's gonna be the lowest listened to podcast ever if we did that Don't if i'm amused i'm happy oh that's fine but we gotta th- think of the listeners think what about the children that's what Tony says what about the children we need to raise Fuck the, the bar. children a higher level of discourse
0: 25 tariff even with the red chinese isn't right
3: well, it's not it, conservative the mexico ones aren't gonna happen right steve they stop that uh, no I mean there's some there's some confusion there I think what Trump Trump is using
2: the tariffs like you would use uh, you know sanctions through the State Department they're just you know it's, he's just holding up a baseball bat saying hey, it's a pretty nice uh, 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 you know supply chain you got there it'd be
3: a shame if I came along yeah, and then, it's you know beat it it's the crap. tough guy negotiations it's, it's exactly doing it's the art of the deal shit right the, the, yeah you got I mean you got you also you gotta have a win for the base uh, really you know it's like sometimes it's like operation yeah. was operation change the discussion yeah. Yeah. but
2: yeah thanks for that thanks for the tariff no, no I've Got great. some
0: ideas for the show. I think uh, I think on Friday, if you got a fax machine going, and I could send all the police stuff into you, that'd be great. A death—really, pool. Really? that's a
2: that's a very innovative segment. I think we'll think about that. A I think we should also come up with like a listener line where people call in, and every day at the same time, we'll play the same. Yeah,
3: fax in Friday. I like that.
0: If any celebrities die, a death pool would be awesome. It's one of my favorite things. Fortunately, David Ortiz is going to be down for breakfast. Oh, thank God! So no death pool today. How about a poll? You think you think so? A poll question? Well, I mean,
2: there's an opportunity there for that segment to be sponsored. I mean, (laughs) one of the things that I'm going to have to explore is how much of a whore is Kirk willing to be for advertising. Do you know anybody,
0: any of the Kennedys who have a speech impediment that you could count how many times that they have the speech impediment? Because uh, uh, uh is three uhs, but uh is one. Have we has there ever been a Kennedy that didn't have a speech impediment? <laughs> no,
3: you're going to do the same thing with the uh, with the amount of times that Kirk references EEI and then the pushups. I think that's kind of the same vein
2: there. No, I mean, what do you guys think? We talked about it at the beginning. What do you think about the uh, the ban of mentioning EEI or? I, I think
3: it'd be funny it. if it was a running joke. I think it'd be funny if you, if you like. Yeah,
2: that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of that as a, like a running gag.
3: The buzzer or sound or if, like you if you play like mutza. Uh, or whatever like that every time Kirk does it uh, I think DEC's got that drop somewhere but if you did something like that I think that would be kind of funny did I tell you my idea I think I've, I've said this before on previous shows but I think that they should try and do a live streaming option on Barstool Gold that way yeah yeah that's something Kirk and I have also talked yeah, about yeah because like what I would what my, my vision for it would be like you click on the Barstool Gold you click on Kirk's show it says that it's live and you have the option to either watch it live or to just listen to the audio if you're in your car that way you can get the show the audio or if you're just dicking around at your office or at your home, you can watch it live too. I think that people would really. I think. I think people would pay for that. Like I, I, I would. I. I but I, this is the Minifan show, though, so maybe I'm. Yeah. Biased. I mean, I,
2: one, once we get the live, the live set once we get the equipment in place, I think that that's a discussion that's going to be had. I mean, I think like uh, Portnoy knows like. On a base level, what he's getting into, but I don't think they really know how entertaining the show is going to be. Well, that's great. I think it's going to exceed
3: their expectations.
0: I think it's going to bring in a new group of people, new demographic.
3: Oh my god, yeah. I mean, we've got people that are begging for us to do a barstool show where we're basically introducing the listener, like barstool one hundred and one, basically where we introduce the listeners to barstool.
2: That would be excellent. That would actually be very helpful.
3: Oh, for we're me, going to. Honest, I think
2: because I've been, I've been, I've been trying to like, like go over and like you know introduce myself to some of these personalities like Ellie. Shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like oh my god How does she have <laughs> this yeah. How is this podcast
3: So popular oh, stay tuned yeah. for Ellie She's uh She's gonna be a prominent Uh Component of the show When we interview Casey Smith Uh Later in the week Oh my god I Can't wait to be on that Math fan show There's like two hot guys On that show And stuff And like <laughs>
0: At one time, like, I've had so much cum on my skin, it's like from head to toe.
2: See, now this is something that we're gonna have to figure out, and there's probably only one way to figure out is by doing it is like, how much is Kirk allowed to make fun oh, of other people? I think, I think all the time, I yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like, how much are they gonna put up with it? Because on the, on the one hand, there's like the oh, yeah, no, this is we all we always criticize each other, we're just here to have a good time, but then like, when Kirk really starts going after you and like humiliating people, like, are, are they really gonna like it? Like, if, if Kirk. Kirk humiliates someone so badly that their podcast becomes a joke and people stop listening. Oh, to he it. has the power like, to do
3: that too. He absolutely he does. does. Yeah.
2: He absolutely has the power to do that. That's why I'm saying we need to, we need to figure out like where is the line oh, when it we, comes to ripping other do we person people. We allow Schnitt Talk to exist.
3: First of all, there is no line, and lines are me- lines exactly. are meant to be crossed, especially when it comes to like inner inner office or inner network fighting. Absolutely, just listen to listen to our treatment of the On Tap podcast and how we ran it off of our network, um, and you'll 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 have to look no further. There he is thank you uh, we are oh, I miss you I miss you Ryan <laughs> I really do man I wish can you please come back where am I going to get my Aladdin reviews with that new uh, that new Imperial IPA that, that new that new arrogant bastard by stone I need, I need that I need that in my life inject it into my veins Ryan please come back There is no line, I think, that Kirk, because Kirk mentioned on the Fourier podcast, he said that he always, for everybody that he does, that he, that he, that was at EEI, he's got one or two kill shots that he's got in his back pocket that he knows that if he says it, there's no going back. Like it's, you're an enemy for life. Uh, Oh, yeah. And I think he's got those for Barcelona. I think, or he's developing them.
2: Yeah. I I would think that all that stuff is in the works. Speaking of uh, potential guests or people he's uh, gotten in trouble or insulted. Do we know if there's been a wellness check on the staffer who allowed him to do that interview with Kurt Atone because I think she, uh, she or he would be a good guest like offer them an opportunity at Redemption. Oh
3: really? Did, did, I didn't know there was another person involved. Uh, I it. thought I yeah, no. I thought they were just calling Kurt Atone. I thought Kirk had just called Kurt Atone himself, but I didn't know there was like some staffer. No, 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 no. Oh. I think that, yeah,
2: no, no, I think I think he was interacting with a staffer. So like you 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 talk about the worst day ever. So I don't know if he he told you guys, but so after we do that call he, we hang up. We know we just got him cold. We got him 20 minutes. He thinks he's talking with Kevin Cullen. He's, you know, a rambling, incoherent idiot. Yeah,
3: Kirk had to end yeah. it.
2: No, he would have gone on with that interview forever. But so after that, Kirk gets like five phone calls from that same number. It's like this panicked staffer who, you know, I don't know, communications director, press secretary, something, is calling Kirk over and over and over again, left him a message that was just like one minute of silence. No, we got what we needed. We didn't pick up. What do do we care? And then they're sending like text messages like, oh, there were a few like unanswered questions that the mayor was interested in asking. But I mean, I think they realized pretty quickly after because I mean, Kurt Atoni was probably like, what's what's
3: this deal with Kevin Cullen now? He's he's, like asking me legitimate questions. This is crazy. No, that's that's hilarious that they figured it out. I think I, I was surprised. Prize at one, at some point in the podcast, Kirk didn't out himself. It really was, but he was he was on a roll at that point. It, oh, yeah. it was. I skipped yeah, a, no, it was I good. skipped
0: ahead at first to see does he out himself? It, where's is the punchline here? And I'm like, no, he's going to play it straight. But so that was the
3: genius. Back. Back. Thought, of I it. I thought it was
2: better yeah. though. Exactly, that was the genius of it because I was I was egging him on to out him and humiliate the guy even more. But the genius of it was it was a legitimate journalistic interview. That I mean, it's it was more I guess more uh, critical questions, harder questions, pressing him when he didn't have an answer than you'll see on any of. The you know the big cable news, and that's the funny.
3: That's the irony of Barstool, where Entercom would have literally fired Kirk for that. Barstool welcomes it, and I'm sure that uh, that Portnoy would say. Go ahead, sue us. Do your work. That would be great for us. That would be great for business if you tried to come at us. I'm sure Portnoy would exactly. do that. And that's such a different mindset. I just want to find out
2: who that that person is and get them on the show if they're still alive at this point. Because <laughs> I think that that would be like a. I think there's an element of bringing people down, but also you know helping them uh, rehabilitate themselves, yeah. giving them like an opportunity at redemption. Oh, well, doing
3: a service. That's very nice of you, Steve. That's very you got hey, you got you a wanna, good heart. You want
0: to hear a quick intercom story? Yeah. This is uh, this is one that I have on good authority you would think that they have a lot of other problems other than like say me and mhb and uh, blind mike we've heard that we are a major topic of conversation on a daily basis
3: yes yep. can
0: you imagine that
3: yeah so we know you know we've heard secondhand from somebody who works inside entercom uh that we have that we come up a lot, and the quote was um, that we are viewed as quote a a problem is what they view the Minifan show. Isn't that incredible that that's what that they actually that's something that is that's something that they actually discuss in a day to day basis. It's like the the
2: the smallest of concerns. Like I mean, I know I know you guys. I think you guys put on an entertaining podcast. I listen to it. It's, I, there's a, there are like three or four podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis, and this is one of them. But. I mean, Intercom's a huge company. Like, you guys are supposed to be a major market radio show. I mean, at one time, you were the top radio show. You know, the, it's not like you guys are coming after their advertisers. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, that, that's the thing. you are just making fun if you, of them. If you if you if you guys ran a a campaign to try and you know get their advertisers all these boner pill you know salesmen <laughs> yeah. off the off the airwaves and not support them that'd be one thing to be a legitimate concern about but just making fun of them I don't think that's a big deal and like I don't have I'll be honest I don't have any problems with the people at E E I like like now now that well that's I gotta am, change soon. you know it, it's yeah. gonna change I have to develop problems with them because I am Kirkman hands bagman fixer assassin and producer. Yes. So, that, this, this will that needs change, to be your Twitter but,
3: bio, your Twitter bio immediately. <laughs> yeah, I yes.
2: should, I should yes. change it right now. Yeah, uh, but it's it just, it's just not good radio. No, no it's not. it's, it's not. the only thing. And, and like, I, I listen because I'm trying to like, you know, get out of the conservative right wing ghetto and listen to more, just you know, uh, sports radio and everything. And also, again, as we discussed at the outset, there's a mandate to find clips of really bad radio and and replay them and make fun of them with Kirk. But uh, you know, I mean. I like Mutt M- M- Manansky, but he, it's just like the whole routine about him being an addicted gambler
3: and a. Junk, it is tired, it's just so but it's also out. it's also funny that you don't even know his name is Mike Manansky, You call him Mutt Manansky. I love that. <laughs> what was it, Mutt? Sorry, Mike. Yes, Minansky. it's Mike <laughs> Manansky. I mean, whatever that. Whatever. I was like, wait, wait, who are you talking about here? i <laughs> you know, Steve. If you're I've looking limited for really bad,
0: radio, this clip will be close to the heart, and it's been a blast. I think the show has been a lot oh, of fun. Oh, fuck you guys. That's
3: not you. No, <laughs> that's fuck not you. you that's, that's Rich Keefe. You didn't know that? That's Rich Keefe. Did you Did you that's for the midday guy?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. No, I just I just heard someone going into a, a sub
3: <laughs> being a blast. And I just you ought to all about you. I just, I just all
2: defensive. I just assumed you guys were going to beat me over the head with that audio for, until the end of time, which I'm sure you uh. will. But you know what? It was it was gripping radio is what it was. It was raw. It was emotional. You've redeemed yourself in this
0: podcast. Um, oh, I, I listened well, to that I and I'm like, wow, that. this is this is great. He's really emotional. And two seconds later, I'm like, I gotta cut this up. I can I know, make something. I know. With this. And I
2: saw I saw the DMs that you sent on the account. I knew I knew that this was coming. I should have I should have been a little bit better prepared. I should have taken <laughs> taken my testosterone oh supplements so I didn't break down like a blubbering pussy on the radio. Can I? Show. Uh,
3: can we? Can we ask you this last question? Then we can let you go. No.
0: Yeah,
3: you moron Shut the fuck up Ziggler I, I interviewed Ziggler by the way I'm not sure if you heard that one And I, uh, I I basically I actually beat him in the argument On the Penn State Because he didn't expect That I would read 100 pages Of like the shit that he's written uh, And I did <laughs> Um, I just I can't stand that guy is a, oh Ziegler oh, John no, Ziegler yeah the, no, he's no, the I Sandusky truther yeah I, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah interviewed no him. He, yeah he uh,
2: he's actually come after Howie before he came he, he came at Howie at a talkers conference like right to his face was like I mean God yeah, the people yeah, are yeah, so yeah. stupid started he's he was he was one of the big Never Trumpers and he started you know acu- like accusing accusing Howie of like you know selling out and how he was immoral and everything and. Hillary Hillary Clinton was going to win. Hillary Clinton was going to beat Trump, and and it was all going to be Howie's fault.
3: I love the I love the irony that this man defends Jerry Sandusky, and now his new big defense is Matt Lauer. That he's defending Matt Lauer and saying that Matt Lauer is not a rapist, uh, and he doesn't
0: I, even like Sandusky. That's right. Oh, uh, he, he doesn't be, even like Dottie Sandusky. I don't even
3: like Dottie Sandusky. She's a terrible lady, but I'm going to go on Matt Lauer with her in Good Morning America all the time and 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 stump for her. Anyway, um, I want to ask you this. and We can let you go. Who is the you? You've been in Boston Media, like you said, for five years. Who is the biggest asshole in Boston media? The biggest asshole in Boston media. And you were Kirk's producer. You got to name names. Um. I don't know, Kirk. Well, no, right? maybe Not assholes not the right term. I mean like the biggest like I mean, they, are, I, mean they that, are, I mean that
2: in like I mean I mean that in, the, in like an, an affectionate so, way. So
3: let me explain let me explain what I mean. I mean like a guy like Dale Arnold who is one person on air but is notoriously rumored to be off air just a miserable horrible fucking human being. I mean somebody like that. They're a fraud, they're a dick. They might be nice on the air. They have they're, they're who's the biggest fraud in, in yeah, like an Eddie Andelman. Yeah, someone someone like that.
2: Yeah, see, I mean I don't I don't really have like a big uh you know professional connections with a lot of the e- well, maybe it doesn't have to be ei um,
3: anybody, even even no, Nash. I
2: wish I wish I would I wish I would have prepared for this because this is this is a good question. Just say Jeff um, Cooner.
3: Even even nationally, like I mean, like I mean, Jeff Kooner's just a little
2: bit of a nut, is all.
3: <laughs>
1: you you think?
2: know, but I mean, there's a lot of people who listen to to Cooner and Howie, and people are always talking to me about stuff that happened on Cooner's show. But the, I tell you what, this is good audio that I wish I could find. I bet there's no audio available mm-hmm. of it when that when the P tape dossier came out when BuzzFeed originally published that. Uh, Cooners producer let on somebody claiming to be the author of the P-tape dossier, and he thought he'd hooked into the biggest exclusive. We are live now, talking to the author of the Golden Showers dossier, and they ran with it for like 15 minutes. This guy was claiming that it was like a 4chan hoax that. that they created this and tricked the media. They ran with it forever, <laughs> and then and then the media, the audio of that just completely disappeared, and they never talked about it again. It's like, dude, call screener, you're gonna let that person I'm on. Like, there's, at no, the Kooner, there's no there's right, no pre-interview. Invitation. That was a
3: good Cooner imitation. I, I gotta say that was that. I was a pro that you are but
2: but he's not but I'll say
3: he's not he's not an
2: asshole like I mean he's I mean he's authentic I've talked with him off air before we've done like remotes and events tell me the worst thing VB's ever done
0: why is he why is he a horrible person VB's like
2: a saint VB is like a saint. I mean, the weirdest thing about him is his awful food takes. I mean, he's just like a dedicated father. And he, uh, you know, the worst thing about him is that he doesn't have like those
0: asshole qualities. Like he could be more of an I, asshole. I idolized VB when he
2: I was know, on the show
0: early. I idolized VB. I thought he was
2: the He just turned into a little bit of a lib. Guy. Did he really? He's a lib now? Yeah, I mean, he, 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 he kind of turned into a lib. I mean, that morning show that they were doing, I mean, you think EEI is bad right now? The morning show that RKO was doing for a little while with um, Kim Kerrigan and his producer, that gym guy, I mean that was that was painful. Colin to will never
0: to. say something bad about
3: uh, what's her name, Kim, Kim Kerrigan. Kerrigan. he won't. He loves her. He loves it. Hey, Kim,
0: Kim
2: Kerrigan probably knows where some bodies are buried. What
3: about f- in the conservative media? Who is a fraud in the conservative media that they act like they're one thing on the surface, but actually underneath they're complete and total fraud? They're shelling out. They're doing this for you know money, revenue. They're just a total fraud. Anybody like that? If you say Mark Levin, I uh, hide my shoelaces because he's my <laughs> favorite guy.
2: No, I mean they—they they kind of all are, really, to, to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of hucksterism. There's a lot of just like profiteering. I mean, the, the scam packs that are abusing elderly people. Um, you know, uh, Mark Stein.
3: I think of a guy like Milo, I think of him to be a fraud and a huckster. I think. Yeah, no, like, totally, yeah.
2: totally. I mean, my, Milo is just in it for the money. I mean, he started that scholarship program that it was supposed to be like, Oh, we're going to give scholarships to disadvantaged white people because there aren't enough scholarships. Yeah, for the white
3: privilege, he called there. it the privilege fund, the privilege fund.
2: Exactly. And then, and then he just like takes all of that money and deposits it.
3: In no, his he didn't. Account, I oh think, my
2: God. I think is what happened. There were, there were some stories. I mean, it was, there was a mystery. Yeah, there was a, there was a mystery as to whether that money was actually being well. He's actually on legitimately but. funded
3: by like by billionaires, or he used to be at least back with the Bre- who's the Breitbart though. I thought that guy died. Well, who was the Breitbart investor, the original investor of that billion? The Mercer. The Mercers, yeah. He he yeah, was actually yeah. funded by the Mercer family, and then I guess the daughter backed out or pulled out of that. Yeah, I thought there was.
2: I thought there was like some um, some musical guy or a tech billionaire. Uh, from Europe, who was funding him for a little while, and he announced this big adventure, and then the guy died of a drug overdose, and it's like, you know, sorry, you're not, you're not getting your funding well, I, anymore. I think
3: Milo. for Milo endorsing pedophilia probably wasn't the smartest move it's on tough. his part. It's kind of kind of no. tough to come back from that, bud. Uh, even though, uh,
2: like, that's that's not the kind of edgy that we're no,
3: looking for. Like, yeah. you
2: know, we we like edgy, but the the whole pedophilia thing is just
3: like a bit, a yeah. Bit that's, too his, far. that's his that's his thing. It's all gay jokes and race jokes, and it's like I don't have to tell Jew jokes to be funny. I'm sorry. It's like it's not. I'm not a 12 year old. You know, it just talk uh, talk about what a well executed
2: hit though the hit the hit to take out milo was very oh yeah uh, very well but the problem
3: is, is that milo gives him the ammunition i don't think somebody like kirk like what are they going to say uh at one time he caught aaron anjos got less batch and it was really a man like what, yeah what? they do still do that yeah but like that's it that was years ago what has he done since then give me one example you have no examples for- yeah you know the I, i'm really i'm i'm sorry i'm just hung
2: up on not being able to name the biggest asshole in in boston media i wish i'd done my homework a little bit more
3: well if you can think of one Say it on the show because I, I know that this is a question that Kirk um, asks people a lot uh, that he, that when he's interviewing somebody that's involved in the media he's always like who's the biggest fraud or who's the biggest hypocrite or the biggest asshole so uh, but you were saying some Stein who were you saying is a is a hypocrite oh say
0: bad things about
3: him because he's a bore
2: you know I, I like Mark Stein um, I think he's funny his books are great I, actually I used to work at the publishing company that did some of his books um, he's a great talented writer but there was a story that the Daily Beast put out about his work with uh, C R T V behind like trying to do the Mark Stein show and how he was just like the biggest diva ever mm-hmm. and just like such an asshole to his staff behind the scenes. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, I, I should say, I mean, this is kind of obvious, Bill O'Reilly. Obviously, like oh, Bill O'Reilly a is a complete, like, con- he's a complete condescending. Do you have prick. firsthand experience?
3: Because Kirk is actually, if you can find the sound, yeah. Kirk was actually on Bill O'Reilly's show once
2: oh really no I'll have to track that down I could I, like listen I tried listen, to we, find we, we, we could probably it. I could probably get Bill Riley on the podcast with Kirk, he's
0: very available but
2: now. Oh, yeah he's got he doesn't yeah, have anything exactly. going on
3: he's just twiddling his thumbs waiting for Donald Trump to call him at this.
2: exactly point. after you know 32 million dollars worth of payouts for uh his sexual harassment scandals but um you know he's he's like we'll get him to come on the Howie Carr show and it's like dude this is the biggest ride you've been on since you left Fox like and he always you know is like oh uh, hello Howard like he's you know doing us a huge favor taking a, a you know know 15 minutes out of his day to be on the show uh on on the o- opposite side of that i will tell you that tucker carlson is a legit like awesome human really being. like very genuine like will take his time out of the day to call me like when when the um uh, when the boston globe stuff was happening with that uh uh you know the uh, what's her name hillary Sargent, was making the accusations that brian McGroy, that that whole thing uh i was actually trying to get howie on kirk on a. uh Tucker's show to trash talk about the Boston Globe. Oh, that would have been great. That's so why te- I was texting him. I was, like, I was like, yeah, man, they had these fuckability lists and, and they did all these things, you know, all these liberal sins. And so Tucker calls me up and he's like, yeah, I mean, I like making fun of the Boston Globe just as much as you guys. But here's the thing, like, I don't have a problem with fuckability lists. Like I like I think there need to be more fucking media matters like, is about to clip that you know I, it You know it they are about to clip I, I think I know I think I've said it on Howie's show before but I mean he he said like I, I have no problem with a Fun office culture. I or used to like listen that. to
0: Tucker and This is gonna be a bad example because there's bad audio for or so-called bad audio But I used to listen to Tucker on Bubba the love sponges show and I only knew Tucker from the fringe and he could really mix it up and, and hang loose and he was a conservative but he's kind of a fun guy oh he
2: is he's absolutely you know he's, he's a fun guy and he does a lot of his show up from maine that dude has the best life he's like fishing in a trout stream in his backyard all summer long walks into the studio that he built up there and you know never puts pants on and just does what an hour of content does he really do it pantsless that's fucking epic why would he wear pants why would you wear pants you know another one is ann coulter Ann coulter is actually legit really nice you wouldn't you wouldn't think it kind of grinds against yeah, her, you know, her, the public persona. She's she's kind of a troll in her public persona. But, you know, when you're there's no cameras around, she's actually very nice. I'm a, I mean, what do you think? And Coulter? I mean, how, how many of these like right wing guys and gales do you think would be good for the Kirkman? I don't show? know
3: about Coulter so much. I think it would be fun to hear them uh, fight. I think that would be fun. They're very, very political. And I think that Kirk is more so he he touts himself to be, be a libertarian, like a true libertarian. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a cop-out, though, right? You, like, you that's think a, that Kirk is copping out? We don't We don't say but, that speak sort of on this oh podcast. Oh, my God. You are a little No, jury. but I'm
2: just saying, like, the libertarian position. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Who
0: what, will build the roads? I, I, like, <laughs> Right, a libertarian as a conservative doesn't want to say it.
2: But like that's one. I've got I've got a friend who is a hardcore libertarian, like absolutely doesn't think that there's needs to be government. He might be a little bit on the spectrum, but he's like got the answer for when someone's like, "Oh, who are going to build the roads? Who are going to do the schools?" He's like a hardcore libertarian. I'm thinking he might be a good guess because I don't know. I mean, is is Kirk like a big L libertarian or a little L libertarian, or is that something where he like doesn't get the you know the the
3: attacks as a conservative? Like you can just say you're a libertarian, and all of a sudden it's like, oh well, you just want people to be free. I think Kirk is more so just like. Like he's gonna call out the idiots on the left and the idiots on the right. He's an equal opportunity. Yeah, offender. and that's
2: that's great. That's that's a good position to be in. I mean, I you know, and I think that's fine. I mean, I'm more of a libertarian too, but I think that you know, when specifically in the context of the uh, you know, like the, the the trans stuff, it's like okay. I mean, you can say you're a libertarian, but that doesn't really come into play when you're talking about parents giving a four year old child hormone treatment, you know, hormone treatment. Like, tra- yeah, yeah, hormone yeah. Treatment. Yep. like at, at some point, like where you know you know the libertarian uh, ideology needs to figure out if that's like oh no if these parents want to do that to their children who are we to say but I mean
0: you know yeah, at a certain point the, there has to be some type of judge like some yeah some time of protection be,
3: have no judgment of anything all right guys what do we got next we got is this it we're gonna wrap it up here yeah I, th-
2: yeah, I mean I'm fine to wrap I mean my wife is probably wondering why I've been sitting in the kitchen screaming into a
3: microphone <laughs> <or> <laughs> she's a lib past, who cares is your wife a half. liberal
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Are you she's like a, she's like a yeah, she's a liberal Hillary Clinton voter. Yeah.
3: Oh my god, I uh, how does that
2: work? Yeah, it keeps me balanced out, you know. I could, I you know, I I, I swim in such uh you know conservative right wing. It's like a dialectic, right? W- yeah, thesis, yeah, exactly. thesis,
3: antithesis, synthesis. You're good. Yeah. Yes, no, you got it. I don't, I don't, don't want to be, I don't want to be you know radicalized. Okay, you've been super generous with your time. We can't thank you enough. And we are, yeah, you've been very so uh, pleased and thrilled to have you as the first exclusive interview as Kirk Minahan's producer. And I'm happy that you are the third and hopefully uh, final producer for this show. <laughs> Let's keep our faith. Yeah. Well,
2: stars. I hope so. I mean, as long as as long as I get the backing of the Minifans, you know. Hopefully, hopefully uh, this lasts longer than you know two days or a week. I think or something you've been like decent that. on this
3: podcast. The tariff yeah. talk, I don't think is going to go over well, but I think you've you've the tariff talk was brought up by one of the hosts.
2: Like I didn't, I, I wasn't like here. I want to talk about. I want to talk about. Does tariffs. this host
3: listen to uh, Big Time History with uh, what's his name Dan Bulgarian or whatever that guy Dan Garman's hard hardcore history Dick. <laughs> Are you still there, DC? I'm still here.
0: I'm listening. I'm listening to you beat the shit out of me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Look, I took I t- I took
2: the blame for the stupid fucking hockey tweet. You can take the blame for the tariff talk, DC. <laughs> Got to. <laughs>
0: hey, if I can be the butt of the joke and give somebody entertainment, then that's good enough for me. You guys go to church on the
3: weekends uh, too? Yeah, I do. He doesn't.
0: No, he- I do from time to time. Church going, my guy? kids. You guys, you guys, Catholics, Uh, Protestant, Um, I, I will not go to a Catholic church again. I'm Catholic. I will not go into one. I will go into a Lutheran church. I'll go somewhere else to worship. I will not go into a Catholic church. It is. There's so much fraud. It is a corrupt organization that Pope should be thrown in prison.
3: Are you a Catholic, Steve?
0: No, I'm not a Catholic. I would
2: say, I, like in my life, I've been kind of like Cath serious, a Cath curious, because I'm like I'm interested in the you know the scholarly, intellectual, rigor that that uh, you know undergirds the theology and everything. But any any time you uh, you know you think, well, you know what, I might I might I might go to a Catholic mass, I might check this thing out. Then you have this fraud with the uh, the Haiti school charity. Who's oh out yeah, being, you know, that you know, asshole. than now yeah. and that routine, and it's like it's like really, dude, you're not like the best uh, exemplar of what a, a Catholic, well, uh, you know, whatever he is. Like he's like a priest assistant or something like that. You're not you're not really putting on a good face for the Catholic. I think
3: there's a there's a social benefit to that whole community that can give you like I like we were becoming so isolated now. I think you're absolutely right about that. So I think that there's benefits to it that way from like a a pure utilitarian and community standpoint. There's some benefits to it, but there's so much baggage that comes along with like these 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 legitimate pedophiles and vile horrible people that just at the Catholic church. You
0: think if that was a regular corporation, it'd be shut down in two seconds. A daycare center with world. Worldwide Tentacles where you have this many people who are accused of that much stuff. It is sickening.
2: But I mean, you say that, but I mean, Scientology is still around. Scientology still has tax exempt status. I mean,
0: Scientology like- should be thrown in a dungeon. <laughs>
2: yeah I mean absolutely I agree with you I hope I hope none of them are listening to this podcast because I want to get one of them you, on with you Kirk do.
3: yeah you do well Kirk as we know Kirk is, is a true uh, through and through atheist or agnostic whatever he would. He, he, he could give you the real answer on that but that's why I think Kirk talking religion and arguing it back and forth is actually really usually when people talk about religion it's kind of boring like this discussion uh, but uh, when Kirk does it he does it in a way that's very uh, interesting and compelling mainly because he says things that are so offensive to religious people that they get up and I mean he used to tell stories about how when he would go on rants Against the Catholic Church, they would get so many crazy hate calls into EEI, and management would have to take all these calls saying, "Why is he saying this bad stuff about the Catholic Church and stuff like that?" So, uh, I think that he—if he, anybody can go at a Scientologist—I'd love to hear Kirk do it.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think it'd be great. There's a lot of uh, uh, religious people who aren't comfortable enough with their beliefs, so they get a little—they uh, get a little touchy if anyone is critical of them. But look, I mean, it, I think we can handle the criticism.
3: All right, Steve. Well, uh, we will have you back on again. I hope at some point. I'm not sure if we're going to do give you the once a month Moroso treatment. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, what are you? What are you going to pay me for a once exactly, a month appearance exactly. on the Minute Show? I mean, my, my, my time is we'll precious. Ma- it all has to be devoted to to cleaning up the studio after. Kirk's I know done with
3: it. That, Yeah, you got to get the wet wipes out. But now that I, now that I yeah. know that uh, how that you are a very highly compensated individual, I think that we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to set up a GoFundMe account to get you on the podcast again. But we do appreciate.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'll be I'll be fairly reasonable with my rates. Yeah, right? $50 but, uh, an hour. Uh, That's what
3: you charge Howie, which is why I'm so trying to get you out of here in under two hours. I don't want to pay yeah, you another you'll be 50 surprised. bucks.
0: This guy was was willing to pay Mark James' tax bill. He considered
3: <laughs> it to get Mark James on. No, I did not. I'm so, like, are you nuts? I had a conversation with Mark James, who actually DM'd me congratulating me for being a tweeter on the Kirk Manahan show. He actually just sent me a DM uh, and saying, like, I think he's saying that you guys are hilarious. You guys are funny. He was, ba- he was basically, you know, kissing up, which I appreciate, Mark. He's, you know, uh, and I actually don't mind Mark as much now that he went out. After the ratings talk on MNC though you'll never hear that sound right Steve you caught it live
2: yeah no I was hearing that live that was that was the day we did the Curtis Tony thing uh, so I was like driving up to that Home Depot parking lot and I heard I heard him say that and I was like wow really coming after those guys talking about how their ratings have fallen mm-hmm. off a cliff and then Curtis chimed in with like uh, well that's below the belt considering oh we invited my god you on. Oh. I mean I mean the thing was the thing was kind of clear like like do you want to come back on the show stop stop doing compelling radio and creating tension in the studio
3: a rare occurrence of good instinct on that show of good radio instinct on that show. And Curtis immediately comes in and squashes it. It's just, it's almost too perfect. The guy that makes fun of Dale Arnold for how bad the Bruins ratings are in the regular season is going to get upset that somebody's coming in and needling him about how bad their show ratings are. It's almost too perfect, but anyway. All right, Steve.
2: All right. I'll let you guys run. I'm sure you've got to put the, you've got to put my uh, farewell from the Howie Carr show audio in like another what? <laughs> 20 or 30 times.
0: <laughs> you Sons of bitches.
2: It's very well. I got to
3: say it was very yes. well done. I
2: can I can appreciate
3: when I've been dunked on effectively that's DEC DEC is the best producer not employed by a radio station in the planet he's also a great host when are you guys
2: gonna get some advertisers uh, you know if you, guys, we could. if you guys toss
3: me a commission if you toss me a commission I
2: might I might well, let I'll me let you me, we'll give you our number We're
3: transparent here we're averaging 50,000 downloads a month right now currently that's pretty good so I mean it's pretty good it's decent so it's that's enough to monetize. usually they say the threshold for monetization is $10,000 10,000 downloads an episode correct Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are you asking me? You're you're a a producer. I mean, the big radio guy. The the
2: threshold for getting advertising is whatever you can sell, like as a salesperson. All right. Like, you, you could sell anything. You could, you, I mean, you could theoretically sell a podcast that's getting 100 downloads a day. I mean, it just depends on if you've got a, a client who's willing to buy.
3: Mikey Adams does that. Buffalo Wild Wings, if you're listening, you can you can advertise for us. I know that you guys just did breaking news, by the way. Buffalo Wild Wings are no longer a sponsor of WEI. Um, that is a fact, stolen cold certainty. They actually went across the street to the hub. So a little breaking, uh, breaking news on the Minifan show. Buffalo Wild Wings, still love Buffalo Wild Wings, support them, support Scott and all the great people over there, uh, but they are no longer... A, uh, a station sponsor for WEI or Intercom. Um, That's all right; they'll, they'll always be boner. And, pills. and they can always come advertise on the Kirk Menahan show, right? Right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah! Something, a, something, a great something.
2: Guy. I, I'm I'm led to believe that you're going to hear a lot more
1: about Ooh, Buffalo. Wild I like legs. it. I like it.
3: All right, Steve. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate you coming on, dude.
1: Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it.